Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Begging Boardcast. It's episode number 201. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. <laughs> and we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the books that we are looking forward to coming out February 5th. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. This week it's another annual topic. I feel like we've been doing a lot of annual topics. Is it just that time of year? It's just that, that time of year. year. Jeez. And yeah. also, we, we do a lot more than we give ourselves credit for. <laughs> Christmas was like two months ago, yeah, so. It just seems like it. But it's our annual Super Bowl episode. Super Bowl. Super Bowl, where it's DC going head to head. You guys mean the Super Bowl. Right? No, Super Bowl. Super we Bowl. talk about this every year. You know it. Hopefully I know it. They, but you that's... refer to it as Super Bowl to us. Off Hopefully. the show, but during the show, it's my bit. Hopefully, yes, it's that is his bit. It's yeah, but shtick. like any of your bits, we've taken it and made it better. No, you just poop on it and then hand it back and be like, no, it's better. Because it was already shit. Trading policy. <laughs> that was better. Um, Sounds better. Uh, but yeah, it's our Super Bowl. DC going head-to-head against Marvel. We break it up into four quarters. The creators. The publishing. Publishing, licensing. And the characters Characters. Um... Last year, Marvel won? It was a two... Well, yeah, I think it was Marvel that won last year. I'm looking at two years ago's. Yeah, Yeah, two years ago, DC won. What it was. Uh, Let me go back in the... I I don't think I have it written down. Yeah, that's okay. I'm pretty sure Marvel won. Because we were kind of surprised because they they came out swinging. Like We became bigger Marvel fans over the past year than we had been for the past ten years. So we'll see what happens this year in our, what, fourth annual Super Bowl? Maybe. I don't Maybe. Third, check, third. check your notebook for that, Paul. I don't. While you're looking, John and I are going to crack open a beer. Hey, how, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Hey, cheers. <laughs> that sounded like that, it could have broke. That bottle has density. <laughs> but our first beer for the day is from Brewery Omegang. This is part of the Brewmasters Obsession Series. This is the Wild at Heart American Wild Ale. It is best served at 40 degrees, which is a, a little, little bit warmer than that. Um, but it's... 8% alcohol by volume. And I'm going to flip this over and look at the back of it. Wild at Heart is an audacious new ale in our Brewmasters Obsession series. In a rarely employed technique, we use only wild Breton Moyasis yeast in primary fermentation, the very heart of the beer. The Brett yeast imparts robust fruit flavors and aromas and combines with Motuka and Topaz hops to create uncommon tastes and aromas. Wild at Heart pours a rich amber hue with a full white head. Aromas include mango, pineapple, and passion fruit. Complex flavors present a touch of tartness, carefully balanced with a gentle malt sweetness, subtle hop bitterness for enhanced tartness. Simply let the beer age. I, I took a quick sip before. Yeah, I've and, drinking almost all of it. I haven't had any more since, so I'm going to revisit. I, I get a bunch of the fruitiness. I get a mango. It, ha- it has like a sour mm-hmm. on the nose. I got a little like metallic-y. In the back of my tongue, right in the initial couple sips, but af- mm-hmm. I'm almost done with my glass and I- I've lost that metallicness. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, most like um, wild ales usually have that kind of tartness to it. Mm-hmm. This nice. is by the end of this, it's been quite enjoyable. I do, ha- I have liked it more this than that a- first initial sips. This is a good summer beer. Yeah, like this is a good springtime summer. It needs to be warmer for me to really want to drink this because it's just too damn we, cold. We just we just warmed up from uh, the single digits here yeah. in Buffalo to 32 degrees. We're almost I think above freezing. Almost above freezing. Oh, this is 
It, I do get that little bit of that metallic on the back of the Yeah, tongue. it goes away, though. That's what's nice about it. Uh, once that metallic goes away, it's really pretty enjoyable. It's not bad. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it, too. It's just not the time of year for it. No. And unfortunately, all the spring beers are already coming out. It's just we're in a too cold of a climate to really enjoy spring beers this early, for at least for me. Like, I saw Groundbreak, and I'm like... Ooh, I should buy it. And then I'm like, ooh, it's $10, and when will I drink it? I gave yeah. Chris two bottles of ground bake for just a hey, welcome back gift. Okay, I gave oh, back from nice. Disney World, and I had beer waiting for me, so thank you, John. You're welcome. That's really nice of you. You guys are like best friends. I know. And roommates. And roommates. Well, he had, he had um, right before he left for his vacation, he had shared a bottle of Saison uh, mm-hmm. with me and uh, with his girlfriend, and... Um, we were talking about groundbreak, and then Wait, I, I'm sorry. Uh, just to clarify your English, you shared the bottle of saison, and you also shared his girlfriend. No, 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 okay. no. Just the saison. Just the saison. Okay. We, just, we shared. Uh, I was. The bottle it was a. It was a, a, a second thought that I was like, oh, and his and Chris's girlfriend was there. Was also there. Was also there. Drinking, and sharing we, the bottle. We yes, talked okay. about. We were talking about groundbreak, and then I saw that their groundbreak was there, so I bought him and his girlfriend a bottle each. Oh, that's nice. For them to try it. I've already had it, but. He'd already had it. She had she it. Delicious. And he hadn't had it this Yeah. It's still this really year. good. Oh, good. I always get nervous. Guys, it's almost alchemy hour time. Right. No longer alchemy hour. Uh, change the name? Yes, because. Uh, no, same beer. They had to change okay. the name. Um, some other company sued them because they had a beer called Alchemy Hour. Uh, I just talked to a rep today. Mm-hmm. It starts with an S. I cannot remember what it's called. Oh, no. And he said it's February. It comes out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost um, that time. Yeah. It's, it's February now. Yeah. The well, by the time this posts, by the time, time this, uh, today we, it is it is the day before February. I really, it's I seven o'clock on the thirty first of um, January. I'm sorry. It starts with an S. I want to say like shivers or swivers or uh, swept I... around errs, something like that. Oh, what? What? Sorry, breaking I just. News? I was just. It's kind of good to be breaking news. I was just going to search for Great Lakes and my comic book news website that I have set up has Disney planning a live action Chippendale movie and it's going to be Rescue Rangers flavored. Ooh. Here's the thing, people love those Chippendale movies, or not Chippendale. Other chipmunks that aren't as cool. Uh, Elvin and the chipmunks. Yeah, the chipmunks. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen any of them. I haven't watched that cartoon since I was like. But you eight. guys love Jason Lee. I know, and that's why it pains me that he's in that movie. Um, Neil Patrick Harris is in Smurfs. <laughs> yeah, that pains me as well. I know, like that. That could be cool. You know what? Get some paid. <laughs> oh my God, who would the voice of Gadget? Arguably the hottest of the anthropomorphic mice. Yes. Sorry, I'll go okay. back to looking up Great Lakes Brewery. I <laughs> don't oh, know, that just got me... Well, got, well you well, look up that news. Let's talk about some other news. Uh, what also broke today was uh, the casting for Lex Luthor and uh, Alfred Pennyworth. Okay, I better get on the IMDb's because you guys mentioned what? people's Paul, names. Paul, you'll, you'll, know, you'll, you'll, you'll know this. Jesse no. Eisenberg cast as Lex Luthor. Really? Yes. Yeah. Okay, he did play a really good, uh, kind of dickish, uh, media, media mogul. I can't even type right now because I'm so confused In, by this casting. Well, uh, when you hear kind of like the thought process behind it from Zack Snyder, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Because he, like, 
Lex Luthor is such a like icon that they can still stay true to like who he is, but play around with exactly what that is. And yeah, you know, genius. I think he will be able to play a more menacing, sinister, two-faced kind of character when he's kind of that unexpecting kind of villain. You look at him and you're like, oh no, this guy can't be. This just in the name of the Great Lakes Alchemy Hour is now Chill Wave. Chill Wave! Which... Starts with a C. <laughs> Something like that. Which, not not the best name. That but is not yeah. a, it's better it's than a, Swill. Yeah. <laughs> swill Wave. Label's still the same, though. It hasn't changed. Like, those colors are vibrant. They jump. I'm seeing if they've added anything else. Lake Erie Monster, Nosferatu, Oktoberfest. All right, the tiger, right pills, everything's, everything else still stands. See, this is what confuses me about movie. Everywhere we're complaining everything's, you know, uh, sequels and everything. Yet, still no sequel to Nosferatu. Because, <laughs> hmm. come on, the name? Right there. But here's the thing. Nosferatu. They would they would have to do it with the number two to yeah. get across to people, and then everyone would be like, what? Nosferat. Nosferat, and then be the number two. two. Yeah. And it sounds like like douchey. it's like late eighties, early nineties, like yeah. sequeling. Uh, but yeah, yeah I we had Macbeth too. Why not? <laughs> Macbeth two is hilarious. Uh, Hamlet two. <laughs> oh no, is that yeah? Oh, that's Hamlet what you're talking about. Hamlet yeah. two. Yeah, I saw that with Steve Coogan. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was, that was really I fun. actually bought a couple of sound, uh, songs uh, off the soundtrack. My my like, dad bought Rock Me Sexy, Rock Me, Sexy Jesus because he and thought then, it was hilarious. And then raped in the face. <laughs> yes. And there was like one other song that I bought too. Um. So, yeah, I, I think Eisenberg being that kind of unexpected, weaker, can really could play that kind of two-face. In um, the think, Now You See Me, he played really against type in movie. that, and he played kind of that more, like, womanizing, jerky kind of character. So I think he does have the chops to do it. He's played a couple other things against type um, mm-hmm. recently. I think he could do a really good manic genius. Because you kind of saw that in Social no- Network, yeah. that kind of manic, uh, just really intelligent, super, you know, really intelligent, and just not uh, not being able to really connect with everybody else. And I think you're going to so see a, 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 a Lex kind of that's kind of a lot more like the Lex you see in All Star All Star Superman. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think he's I think he's going to be good. And then uh, Jeremy Irons cast as Alfred. Irons. Jeremy Irons. I'll let you look this up, but uh, he was he was in like the net one of the nineties uh, Dungeons and Dragons. He's in Dungeons and Dragons. He was he, the bad guy in the Dungeons uh, and Dragons. He was the bad movie. guy oh, okay. in Die Hard Three. Um, he was, he was, he was one Lion of the King? yeah. He was Scar. Oh. Um, but I think I think filling after Michael Caine being Alfred that he's. Probably the next best choice to, of someone who's going to be able to have the gravitas to to play Alfred. Yeah, and he also has a really good voice because he did a yeah. lot of voiceover work. Yeah. What else has he done voices for? Uh, he did voice for Aragon uh, in the video game and also uh, in the I movie. I didn't see that. Uh, he did. Uh, he was a narrator in the Chronoscope, which was a short. The Magic 7 TV movie, he was voice of Trax. I don't know what the Magic 7 is. He played Sounds like a knockoff of Magnificent 7, but probably a kid's fantasy thing. 
Yeah. He was Kafka in the movie Kafka. Oh. Which was a... Did he turn into a giant uh, beetle? No. Well, cockroach, and then they learn he was a beetle at the very end. Oh, spoilers! For for Final (laughs) Fantasy III? Wait, no. No. No, for from for the metamorphosis. Yeah, metamorphosis. Yeah, thank you. Oh, he turns. I thought you were making a reference to no. Kefka, the Final no. Fantasy. No, Kafka. The Kafka, the writer. Right, and metamorphosis. The... Uh, yeah. No, the. Yeah. I thought you were being extra nerdy. No, <laughs> I think just regular nerdy. Just regular nerdy. It didn't supersize that order of nerdiness. <laughs> I might need to supersize some food later. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm just thinking. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Uh, yeah, so you have that casting news. Uh, something else. Uh, just, so, sorry. Uh, hold on. I, I kind of want to go back to Jeremy Irons in a completely unrelated to Jeremy Irons kind of thing. Well, it is. So. Uh, well, then I want to get back to the movie casting. Yeah, we can. Yeah. Okay. I'll sidebar and then you can get us back on track. Yep. Wow, flipping the rules. Woof. <laughs> 200 episodes, about time we change it up. Uh-huh. Um, hey, this is episode 201. It is. I was laughing when you announced that. <laughs> uh, when I went to Disney World, I stayed at the Art of Animation Resort, which is really awesome, and it's part of the Valley family, so it's a lot cheaper than some of the other Disney hotels. Mm-hmm. And it's like broken into four different sections. There's Little Mermaid, Lion King, Finding Nemo, and Cars. Uh, my girlfriend and I stayed at the Little Mermaid like portion of the resort, but to get there, we had to walk through the Lion King one, and it was so cool because they have like Pride Rock, but Mufasa standing mm-hmm. on it, and then a little bit further in, they've got like Rafiki there, and there was a cool like scar that's like perched over a rock, and I wanted to have my picture taken in front of it, but I didn't. Oh, why what didn't you? Because I that, you that, run out of time. That whole trip is like it was go go go. Mm-hmm. Like we had every moment planned out, like to maximize. I just like wish there was a little sound booth that you could step into and just, you know, stand there and, like, bright lights start up and then you hear, ah, Savannah. Just that part of the song. Because I think that'd be fun. Well, they kind of have the recording thing at uh, Hollywood Studios where you can record. Yeah, but he wants to step in a booth and a light shine on him. <laughs> and, like, that's... I can stand behind you with a light. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we, we can just play the music. There we go. We got technology. We, we can get do us that. back on track, Paul. But... Jeremy Irons. Okay, so we're Ben Affleck is cast as an older grizzled Batman who's kind of out of been out of the game for a while, and he's coming out from this road to do one more cattle drive. From what I understand, of the yeah, script. I, I think he's you're looking at like a forty year old okay, Batman, forty fifty year old because Jeremy Irons is sixty six. Yeah, so I'm like, so, man, yeah. this guy doesn't look as old as Michael Caine. And he isn't. No, he's not. So, like I but was thinking even, that he would be an older, even older than Michael Caine kind of actor. But like, like besides like Alfred being bald in Batman right now, you know, he doesn't mm-hmm. look that old. He looks like he would be in his sixties. Um, decrepit in that one teaser with him wearing the uh, straight jacket. Yeah, straight jacket and everything. But I mean, he, I, he's that's a teaser though. So yeah, who knows what. Actually I, th- I think I mean the Alfred. Alfred's always been able to show himself holding, holding his own. Mm-hmm. Where the Michael Caine doesn't. Uh, he, aside, he picks that log off of Bruce Wayne after the <laughs> and he hits a guy from behind. But yeah, I mean he he didn't always seem like he was going to be able to yeah. knock somebody out. Where Jeremy Irons looks like he's a little more 
spry. Yes. And that's the thing. Like, it's an older Batman. So I would think that the casting should have been almost reversed at this point where Michael Caine should come back as, you know, like the older Alfred that's like at the. But who knows, like, what we're going to get with the actual look of the character. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. They could age him up a little bit. You know, yeah, he could, they could shave his head and give him that comb over, you know. Thinking of the Dark Knight Returns kind of style Batman and at the end. Spoilers! For Dark Knight Returns, the comic book that's been out forever, and if you're 201 episodes into this, I expected you to have read it already. Pretty much. uh, Alfred dies. (laughs) Like, like Alfred's like, that is Alfred's last story. (laughs) Like, so I'm kind of was imagining that kind of casting if we were even going to see an Alfred. I would, I was kind of, I wouldn't have been surprised if we never heard a casting for Alfred because Alfred be did. You know? Yeah, I don't think you're seeing, I don't but think it's that how, far in the future okay. for I guess Batman. not, yeah. So now I'm having to dial back my, it's, yeah. I think, I think like this is kind Batman of, is. it's the, in the DC universe now where Batman's been working underground and you didn't really know him, blah, blah, blah. It's before you didn't get to know him, he's already kind of in that retirement, mm-hmm. you know, and and you have that younger Superman that's there now in the Marvel DC, or the Mar- or the DC. And I think when we talk about he's coming out of retirement, retired Batman, that doesn't mean he has to be old, old. This could be a dude that's still in his 30s. But he's been out fighting crime every night, and he's just a guy. Like, yeah. we got it in, like, yeah. Dark Knight. He was retired, but because yeah. He, yeah, but he was still a young guy. Like he was. Well, like, they what? put the some and salt this is, in his yeah. <laughs> This is the I, he's, that means his hair. I was pointing yeah. at my hair. This is the retired where he's actually gone to the point that he, you know, they said that he's going to have the drones kind of monitoring the city. So it's that he's retired because hey, I don't, I don't have to be out there fighting crime because I have these guys watching <laughs> the corners for me. Jones can do anything, even deliver your Amazon packages. Or uh, did he see the guy wanted to deliver uh, beer to yeah, these? Yeah, no, they're like, nope. Beer to where? They, uh, these fishermen. He wanted uh-huh. this guy wanted to deliver beer to these fishermen for the Super Bowl because they're out. Oh, no, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. I'm sorry. Super Bowl. Uh, and uh, like, uh, so they, the government wouldn't let him. I forget if it was the. I don't know. I, I saw the story. But yeah, yeah, I, I saw it was funny. I did. Too. What, what else we got for news? Well, uh, do we want to keep with the movie? Let's tilt? just let's pop out those movie news. Uh, we're not going to be seeing Stanley in the next Guardians uh, of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy, next Marvel movie, and and rightly so. And why he says he's not going to be in it is that he didn't write these characters. He doesn't I'm even. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's go to Stanley for this. Stan. <laughs> oh, fuck you, Paul. So what, what's, why, why aren't you, uh... It's Skyping in with us. Hey, Stan. Close the door so Stan doesn't Stan... bother your wife. He's in the other room. Stan the man. Why hiya, John? <laughs> I am so glad you could make it. Back for another episode. I flew in all the way from New York City. Home of the Marvel heroes. How are your arms? Oh boy, are they tired. I'm gonna sleep tonight. <laughs> I, I understand you boys got a question for me. So, no cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy, is that correct? No cameo! 
Guardians of the Galaxy. I like the name because it uses the alliteration with the G's. Because when I made my characters, I'm so bad with the names. So I gave all my characters first and last names that start with the same letter. <laughs> that makes like sense. Peter Parker. <laughs> Scott Summers. Scott Summers. Susan Storm. Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner. He was one of mine. Reed Richards. Reed Richards. You boys know my stuff better than I do. <laughs> it's like sitting with them right now. That's oh. because Skype is an amazing thing. It is. <laughs> but, We're but, such a big podcast. We get Stan Lee on here. We should really promote this more. I know. It's like, why don't we chalk this up to just being us great? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, in the interview he gave, he said it's because... What is, I gave all these interviews. I didn't remember them all. Uh, it's so, like my superheroes. So I not, can't keep them straight. So I gave them names. <laughs> but, but how much involvement when you were editor in chief over overseeing uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? Absolutely none, because they didn't count. That was after my time. <laughs> so, uh, and is that why you're not going to be having a cameo in this? Don't know where I am. Might <laughs> <laughs> have a leg cramp. Ow. <laughs> Ooh. The more the, he does the impression, the older Chris. Yeah, the more I become him. <laughs> the more decrepit. And your glasses are tinting darker. <laughs> Where did that ring come from? Why are you wearing so many rings? If he starts saying, are you my mommy? Liver spots. No, he had nothing to do with the Guardians of the Galaxy. He didn't create any of those characters. He didn't write that book. With everything else, you can chalk it up to, okay, like, he created Spider-Man. He created Fantastic Four, the Hulk, X-Men. X-Men. He's there. He like, wrote, Captain America's he, brought up. He, he he brought him back. He brought him back. The Avengers, yeah, Avengers he four, yeah. brought that team together. Like, mm-hmm. that was his ball baby. <laughs> I, saw it. I was going to say his baby, but then I realized, like, I can't say his baby. It has to be his Paul baby. Paul baby. So, it's understandable. I can... See them putting him in it just because he's Stanley. He's in all of these books, but mm-hmm. he doesn't have to be. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to miss that. But uh, I will uh, not miss the old. Well, actually, I kind of think I will miss the old Captain America suit. I was trying to segue it, and I was just forcing an opinion. And then I'm like, no, no, I don't know where my opinion is on Captain America suits. We got the poster images coming out for Captain America Winter Soldier and we see the full US agent Captain America new outfit coming out. It's like the Steve Rogers Super Soldier kind of costume from like two years ago. The Secret Avengers costume. It's good. I like it. I like it it a lot. I think it looks good. I think I like it better than the Captain America we got from the Avengers. Really? Yeah. I guess. He's, uh, there was articles and they're up on, I believe, Newsarama with Chris Evans talking about this new suit and everything. And he said that the old suit was really comfortable. And people do miss the old World War II suit because, you know, it just was kind of vintage and was cool and it was just, you could tell it's just like leather, like sewn together. Yeah. And he kind of misses that too. And he was really nervous about the helmet this time because his ears are out. And Chris Evans said that he uh, never really liked his ears, that they can come become kind of dumbo-y. 
hmm. as he kind of put it. I'm paraphrasing, not quoting. And uh, it took a while for them to get it, to really convince him that the, this design would work. And I think it does. I, I, you know, yeah, I, the pictures. I like the costume a lot. And I think also in, um, I mean, Avengers and in what you see in the trailers is he's not wearing the 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 helmet the mm-hmm. that much. Oh yeah, yeah, and he probably won't wear the helmet all that much either. Yeah. But what I will say is I'm excited for this to happen. So in the comic books, I don't get the full like earmuffed Captain America from in the comics anymore because I really don't like that helmet in the comic book at all. Like the oh, basically the Ultimates helmet, but now that's even come into the six one six. Like anytime I don't, you see even Cap- re- I don't even know. And I can't uh, picture I can't picture it in my head and off uh, of a recent comic. Uh, New Invaders number one. He's oh. in that last uh, last page Ooh. of that. Uh, he's got that full thing right over the ears and it's just so much strap to it and I'm like I don't I don't like it I can understand like that more militaristic look like he's yeah. a soldier protect the ears I, I, I get it but yeah I think at the same time if you're paying for Chris Evans to be your Captain America people are going to want to see Chris Evans as your Captain America yeah no I'm saying how the movies have so influenced the comic books especially at Marvel uh, you know, hmm. it's Tony Stark is now well, I, Tony Stark. Was, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, why can't I think of his name? Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. and even the Captain America is Chris Evans now, and so that in these bigger books. So I'm hoping that we get the ears on Cap again, and we've got the wings still on the side of the helmet, which are nice. Yeah, yeah, they had those in the first yeah. one too, or mm-hmm. in Avengers. Yeah, they haven't gotten away of it like they did in the Ultimate Comics. I don't yeah. think they added the ears. Where? Huh? They wings. In Ultimates. Ultimates? Uh, no, no, no wings on. No wings. I don't. I don't think so. No. Man, I, I'm still saying though on the movie posters, Scarlett Johansson, it makes it looks like she's laying down. She just, she, they, it's, they, it's like, so weird. Uh, Scarlett, excuse me, uh, why don't you look sexy in this picture? Oh, thank you. Talking about looking sexy, Super Bowl ad. Not gonna appear for SodaStream. She's in a Super Bowl. It was, it was, this ad this. made by SodaStream was made not to be submitted to be put on the Super Bowl, but be denied. You know, oh, okay. to be so that way they could say, "Oh, they refused us to air this ad with Scarlett Johansson." But they showed it on my Hulu. Yeah, because and the thing is, it's because it's not because she's overly sexy or sexual in any way, really. Mm-hmm. It's because she says because it's for SodaStream, a direct competitor with both Pepsi and Coca Cola. Pepsi is the official. I've never even heard of this. Product it's or... like you take a, a bottle of water and then it's almost like our K cup thing. Oh. You, hook, you hook it up so that and it gives you oh, okay. uh, it gives you the fizz in it and then you have little uh, flavors that you put in it and then you have an orange soda or oh, that's cool any it's, any kind of soda. It's K cup for soda. Yeah, yeah. the soda streak. Yeah, I, I never knew about this before. Right now, and th- yeah, it's it was it was banned mostly because she in the commercial she says take that Pepsi and Coke. And mm-hmm. Pepsi is the official drink sponsor of the NFL, or soft drink sponsor of the NFL. And, oh, yeah. uh, Understandable. Coca-Cola, I'm sure, buys a lot of ads. Well, actually, no. I only see. I only remember well, yeah, Pepsi ads. Pepsi's in the Super Bowl. official. Yeah. 
Yeah. So. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, is that it for movie news? That's it. Want to go into Microsoft rumors? Xbox One com- may be coming out as early as uh, sometime this summer. Early as sometime this summer. Wait, which Xbox One's sense. already out. I know. But a new disc-free... Oh, yeah, the one that doesn't have the disc drive one. And going to be yeah. uh, at least... No price, but they're thinking at least under $399 to try to cut it. <laughs> Undercut uh, PlayStation 4 a little bit. Well, they're doing the thing now, too, where if you bring in any version of the PS3 or your Xbox 360 Elite or Xbox 360 Slim into a Microsoft store, you'll get $100 off of an Xbox One, which takes it down to the price of the PS4. But then again, I don't want to lose my Xbox 360 because I can't play my Xbox 360 games on my Xbox One. I would totally do that in a heartbeat if if I could still play my... Xbox 360 games. Well, why don't but, you uh, go get a PS4 and there you go. <laughs> you spend the same amount. And yeah, but I wouldn't. You, yeah. know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not in the market for a game console anyways. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I did get paid three times in January. But yeah, no, I don't need a new game console. i got my computer and that's fine with me. Uh, a lot of people saying they don't need a new game console when it comes to the Wii U. Yep, people are just passing on that so much so that when Nintendo had their quarterly earnings like conference and calls, they were like, whoa, we're not doing that well. Um, board of directors, like president, mm-hmm. everyone below him, has taken pay cuts, and now yep. there's also talk about them licensing out their characters. Now, when we say they're not doing well, uh, their projections for 2013 would be because they had a full year to sell Wii U's that they would sell, and they would be out in all the markets by the end of the year. Uh, about nine million, about three million sold per, you know, region. You know, Asia, Europe, North America. Uh, over 2013, they sold. Well, let's go over. Uh, PlayStation 4 came out this year, 2013, end of November, sold 4.2 million in 2013. Xbox One came out late November, sold 3.9 million, or you know, or I think three, yeah, a little over three million. I, I might be wrong in the numbers. For all of 2013, full year, full year, across all the throughout the whole world, because you know, limited releases for both Xbox One and also PlayStation Three or Four, uh, sold a little over two million units. Yeah, little over two million units. Now, in their Versus, defense, they did hit their projections for 3DS units. Yes. Which I can't remember the number for that, but it was kind of one of those things when I saw it, I was like, wow, that's... But they also came out with a cheaper version in order to help get th- get there with the that, two 3DS. Yeah, the 2DS. 3DS. Yeah. <clears throat> still part which of their is, projections for the 3DS oh, but game console. It's the same system, just doesn't have the 3D, which you can mm-hmm. turn off on the 3DS. And it doesn't I don't flip. Know, yeah, I don't know why you just don't buy the 3DS, but whatever. Uh, you know, because you want to play the newest, hottest games. It, I mean, the newest, hottest Zelda, I'm sorry. No, it's, when the, I same, say games. it's the same system. <laughs> just doesn't have the switch that turns off the 3D. It's just off. Yeah, it's just off. And it's it doesn't fold, and it's also $100 less or something like that. It's a lot cheaper mm. uh, because it's one screen with a bezel over the top of it. Mm. But if you could take off that bezel, and you'll see it's just one screen. 
Interesting. Uh, yeah. It's kind of funny. Kind of crazy. But yeah, like Nintendo just really not doing all that well. And there's also talks about them possibly merging or selling their technology to other companies, like the GamePad. Like, if. I could understand them opening up their API for the GamePad, not selling the GamePad, because the GamePad is such a cheap device, it seems. Uh, because it's it's not and it's not multi-touch. It's only single-touch. No, single it's touch. not. But and they've said like we just haven't done what we could with this technology. Mm-hmm. If they can make money back by giving it to someone that says like like Sony or Microsoft, mm-hmm. I'd be like, no, like we'll take that. Like we can do something with it. Mm-hmm. Well, the, and like it's going to help save that company because I don't I don't understand. Nintendo, they're not doing well. Like they still, they're buying back stock. They're they're not going to privatize. Like they're still going to be a publicly traded company. Right. But they're just trying to like be like, no, we're just going to do what we can to yeah. s- not. Stay I understand well. their cash flow is now at an all time low, but they have huge cash reserves, and that's why they're able to do a stock buyback. A stock buyback, what you, why you do that is because mm. your projections are so low, uh, you're afraid that the market will drive down your... St- oh my goodness, I'm finally using my... There you go, economics. <laughs> uh, you're afraid that the market will drive down your stock evaluation so low that a competitor could get, come in and then buy it, it buy up your the, uh, the stock that is out there on the market. So what you want to do is hurry up, buy it back while it's going down. So that way you're you have more control. You own more than fifty one percent of the you know your the sh- outstanding shares, the company itself. So a competitor can't come in and swoop in and basically buy, do a hostile takeover on the open market. Uh, and so it's not so much a thing where they're worried about the business uh, completely disappearing on them. It's it's to avoid that kind of uh, thing. Avoid- and they can. Because they have so much damn money. <laughs> but here's the thing. They are they, still beholden are, to their stockholders, though. Yeah, yeah. And stockholders want to see that money coming in, not say, like, well, no, we have money. Like, let's not do anything. The stockholders, right. they want to see that company grow and prosper, not just be like, well, we're not hitting our projections. Uh. It's it's also a Japanese company, and there is a traditional mindset not to be as sporadic as we are here in the United States uh, as shareholders to be like, no, 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 things are going bad. It will always go bad. We, we have such a pessimistic, overly pessimistic view here when it comes to the, our market mm-hmm. and such an overly optimistic view when it's going well. Like we're just, we, we need Prozac when it comes to investing, it seems here in America where Japan is like, we'll ride things out. They were, they're just kind of, Maybe a little too easy go, you know, to ride well, it out like yeah, traditionalist. I think if, if they're like having their president and like executives all take mm-hmm. like forty to like thirty percent pay cuts, yeah. And well, it was either stuff. that or commit Harry Carey. I mean, really. <laughs> well, it, they tried, but they were using the Wii U, <laughs> and it just yeah. wasn't working. Well, because they had the Wii U condom on. It was just <laughs> uh, I won't break TV. I won't break skin. <laughs> but you, you remember, like, it was only like a year and a half ago, two years ago, when all the Sony executives took like huge. Yeah, they Paris took like cut. I think it was like fifty percent. Because of, you know, what was happening with PlayStation 3, the huge, uh, 
data hack that happened, and they had to come out and seriously bow to apologize. They came out and physically bowed to the their investors when they did a uh, press conference for to apologize for what it, what was happening. And now look at Sony. Yeah. With their place, it, it just it just because I, they were able to hold on to other parts of their of their company were making a lot of money, they were able to keep it afloat and then come up with those great ideas again. And I think well, Nintendo, that's all. I, the I think I think with with Sony, the reason they won out. This is my view of okay. why Sony won against Microsoft for this is Sony. All they all they needed to do was fix everything that was wrong with the PlayStation 3. Yep. And they did, and they were able to sell to everyone. Hey, it's it's better than before. It took them a whole generation to do it. Xbox <laughs> tried to do it in overnight, and it didn't work. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the thing is is Xbox <laughs> Xbox needed was like all right, we already have the market. It was their game. To where lose. where do we need to step it up? And they chose. These areas that they thought that people wanted, they and, went to they, where the market they thought where the market was going. Yeah, and, not where the market is. Yeah. So and and I think and that's that's that was their downfall. Mm-hmm. But who's to say in three four years that it's going to bounce back? I mean, mm-hmm. it took Xbox this whole generation to get on. You know, almost the whole generation of xbox 360 to get on top mm-hmm. and i think that yeah it's not what people wanted it's what they thought people wanted and i think they had somewhere they had something to lose by trying to go bigger mm-hmm. where playstation all they had to do was fix everything that was wrong with their previous system and that was stuff that they had probably been working on as soon as it's acknowledged well, was, to them that no, this doesn't work. When this you're top work. dog, there's a lot of hubris. Where place, when they announced PlayStation 3 and the price point for PlayStation 3, the executive's like, no, people will get a second job in order to get this game console. Because it's going to be the best. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. That is legit. That is yeah, no, I know. And it, made, it still made me laugh. <laughs> it's like, I'm not making that but, up. It's people, paraphrased. People still bought it. And yeah. aside from like people's um, connect Mm-hmm. malfunctioning on their xbox like my brother-in-law plays his xbox more than he plays his playstation 4 mm-hmm. his xbox one and he he is a clunky frankenstein monster of a man and he enjoys having you know he xbox on xbox this mm-hmm. does the whole thing like touches the touches everything on there like he might not use every bit of everything that that system can do, mm-hmm. but what he does use it for, I mean, it, it works for him. It's so, not what most people yeah, want, want in the though. Game. So Nintendo. Yeah. I'm just saying that they have enough, pro- you know, old revenue, yeah, old money. The thing they that, could ride it out much like PlayStation did. Uh, yeah, but I, no see- matter what, no matter what they do, they're out. That's what people were saying after N64 and GameCube, too. Like, because GameCube, remember that. The, they, they lost they, all the third-party they, support. They no, lucked was, out with, with Wii. They really they did. did. Did they luck out with Wii or look at, hey, there's a new market of people that we think we could get to play games? No, they, they lucked they out. They lucked out. They, they created a market that people thought they that, needed. That and after, <laughs> after, 
after a year, mm-hmm. people didn't need it. People didn't want it. Yeah. And and they were smart enough to do those limited releases that people were going there because they thought they wanted it and there's only three there's only three of them at Target and then people buying them or people walking through and it's like, "Oh my gosh, they have a Wii. We got to buy it." People were Lined I, I, up I around up. corners every weekend when they got distri- when Wii's got distributed to buy a Wii because it was so hard to get. That's how they got their market. I don't think I don't think supply constraints really it, drive demand it, it, like people say it does it, because they people accuse Apple of doing the same thing. Of like, I I was one of those people ever. that tried to get. Because we we had fun we had fun I tried to go get it with an ex girlfriend Mm -hmm. and we had a friend of ours who was a manager of a Target Mm -hmm. and she would let us know the night before and then say hey try to get here the next day Mm -hmm. we have so many she couldn't hold it for us but we would get there and there would already be Mm -hmm. a line that we're like they only have this many we're not gonna get it and we'd turn around and go home Mm -hmm. or she would call us and be like there's 25 people waiting to get in to get the Wii. Mm-hmm. Like, don't bother. Like, yeah, they had, they I was had, one of those people already in line. They had, a, they caused a supply and demand because people were talking about the Wii and people were, yeah. it was so small that only five people were going to get it. You know, you had to get in there early to get it. But, and uh, they created that. They created that supply and demand. And as soon as they opened it up and people were able to get it, they stopped buying it. Yeah, but a, <laughs> they don't create supply here's, and demand. No, here's the thing. Supply, a, a decreased supply does not <clears throat> increase after, a level of demand. After time, just, when, once the Wii was more available, and uh-huh. like they sold, like Nintendo had a huge install base with that yeah. system. It was the largest compared to PS3. Yeah, at or, that time, Xbox 360. Even up to, up until recently, like when mm-hmm. I still worked at GameStop, like our Nintendo rep would come in and be like, "Yeah, you know what." It took there's, until no, there's no great games coming out, but what system has the largest install base? Like, that was their rallying cry. Like, there's more Wiis in homes than there are 360s or PS3s. It took until the Christmas of, I think, 2011 for that to switch over to and finally Xbox 360. And that's what they, that's where, like, no, we're in more homes than any other system. Like, that's great <laughs> for us. But when they have, like, one game coming out every quarter, that, that's the must have game, and it's crap bowling. Crap archery, crap this from this company, like, yeah. and then people are seeing like, these are the games that I have. Yeah. It that hurt Nintendo more than anything else. Launching a brand new system without Super Mario Brothers, they launched the Wii without Super yeah. Mario Brothers also. But how? With the promise of Galaxy coming that next Christmas. Yeah. How dumb. How dumb. I think the like. No, it's not dumb because you know why? This is the thing. They're like, they're going to get our Nintendo base fans that just love Nintendo. My friend Eric loves Nintendo. He will go out. He hasn't, luckily, he hasn't gone out and bought a Wii U. Okay, so you've already just kind of spit in the face of what you're trying to. But the thing is, there there are even crazier Nintendo fanboys out there that will go out, new system, I have to own it because it's Nintendo. It's, but. I love Nintendo. and then you'll get... And like, then Nintendo is saying, fuck you! Yeah. And how do... You can't do every that. Indus- to- every industry does that. Every industry. That's why there's hardcover editions of books <laughs> that come out first before paper, paper uh, 
trade paperback. That's why every device that ever comes out is $100 more expensive. Even the but, first iPhone came out and they did a price drop for the I, first iPhone. I'm just saying is the biggest mistake you'd want, the app you've want. already lost. Do they, they've lost. They're launching a whole new thing, that a whole new system that isn't going to be any more powerful than the systems that our, people already have. Right. And you're not going to say, buy it now, buy it with Mario. Here's the thing. like At GameStop, when I worked there, the week the Wii U came out, mm-hmm. they were just sitting there. Like we, yeah. had, we were calling people that had reserved it or even just put their name on the list. I forget how many people we had on the list that if we got them mm-hmm. in, like we, we needed to call them and say, hey, we've got a Wii U here for you. Almost literally with your name on it. Everyone was just like, oh no, that's okay. Yeah. Like the company had us calling people multiple times a day. We were told, if you call and they don't answer, hang up. Don't leave messages. Call them back later. Mm-hmm. They wanted us on the phone actually talking to people right. to be like, no, please come in and buy this system. Yeah, we're already out and this money as the store. <laughs> it, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Like the Black Friday that it came out, I, I was talking to John about this. We sold more Xbox 360s and PS3s, systems that were at the end of their lifespan, mm-hmm. than we did Wii U's. Like, we were sitting there, like, behind our cash registers, just looking back at the wall of systems uh-huh. that we had stacked up behind us, and it's like, should we put these Wii U's in back? Because yeah. they're, they're sitting on the countertop. Like, we can use this space to put other stuff that we need to put away. To put, to, we can use that space to sell merchandise that's selling. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, to your point of why not you know release it, the thing is the install base was so huge for the Wii, they thought they had created a whole new market, and that market wasn't the Xbox 360 people. They weren't the PlayStation 3 people. This was the their own like no you're the you're the new casual gamer. Yeah, like well, you're, no, the, the, you're the more they had ca- they had the thing of like it's different because. You're whip, you know. You're moving the. You're, you're moving everything. You're whipping everything around. You're yeah. you're bowling. You're playing tennis with the remote. Like that's what they had. That's what people were like. Oh, this is great. I can get up and I can, yeah. I can move around. This is great for old people to get up they, and shake shake their asses. They have wee bowling tournaments at mm-hmm. like the senior apartment facility that my grandmother lives at. Yeah. That's that's the thing. That's how. That's one of the big things that got them in people's houses. Just but, Dance but 4 it was one wore, of the selling games of 2013. It wore out. It you did. had your Wii. Yes. You were sick of your Wii after like four months. Yeah, because, because Madden wasn't Madden. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's the thing is they okay, they I had the whole life... They, we're 46 minutes in. I understand. But this is great talk. <laughs> I know. It's great talk, but we can just keep going on. Because yeah. Nintendo... They, they dropped the ball. Like they found something that worked for them once, and then they they tried to capitalize on it, mm-hmm. while everyone else was not moving past what they had already done, but they I were got, improving upon it. One more thing, I think there was a real confusion because even I was a little confused when I first saw Wii yeah. U with the gamepad. I'm like, oh, that hooks up to my Wii, and therefore that's the Wii U. It's a new remote. We okay, that's going to be great. We had for, a huge problem with that at for game 99 shop. bucks or something. Awesome. And then it's like, oh yeah, I would sign if I went into GameStop and he asked yeah. me if I wanted to reserve a Wii U, I probably would have said yeah. 
And then when I learned that it was a full console for three hundred bucks, originally it was two hundred ninety nine. Now it's two forty nine, and you get a packing game. Uh I would have been like, Wait, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to cancel that resolution. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to keep talking about this, but we had people that would, like, we had the display boxes mm-hmm. outside the store, like, to like catch people's attention, be like, oh, Wii U, I'm going to go reserve one, and they would come and be like, wow, when's that Wii U coming out? And it's like, oh, like, blah 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 blah, and they'd be like, okay, cool, and they'd be like, awesome, yeah, like, you want to reserve the system? I'm like, oh, it's a, it's a system. Yeah. They didn't want that, and then because it all had the new Super Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. You on it, whatever it was called. They'd be like, oh, can I get that new Super Mario Brothers game? It's like, oh, yeah, definitely. You, you have the Wii U? No. Well, it's only available on the Wii U or the Nintendo 3DS. Oh, no, I don't have that. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Like, Nintendo really, they dropped, we talked about this on the yeah, show, too. we've I talked about it, yeah. I, the only thing that I think will save them is licensing out. We, we talked about this last night. Yeah. Paul, hopefully you can agree with this. If they put out like a Nintendo like NES collection on Xbox Live or Steam or PlayStation mm-hmm. Network, twenty bucks gets you all the Super Mario Brothers games. They will never like, do that. But here's the thing: like if they're struggling and it like things aren't looking good, like I'm not saying they're, they're gonna not, they're gonna right charge now. a premium. They're gonna they're not gonna put do a re- just, if they're gonna do just look like, at like how, spitballing this. Like okay, go yeah, ahead. this is like away. blue skies. Like uh-huh. okay, twenty bucks. You get like all Super Mario Brothers, like Metroid, Zelda, Kid Icarus. That would sell so well. That yes, they, on, they would they on would Xbox or PlayStation. And that's and I I came up with I, not that I came up with this, but I was over at a buddy's house and he had on his Xbox all the Sega games, and him and I were just playing, you know, Streets of Rage, mm-hmm. Altered Beast, like all this stuff, having a blast, reminiscing about playing it when we were like nineteen. Mm-hmm. But I and I was like, man, I gotta buy this collection. Like, I'm gonna buy this game because it's got all the things I loved playing. A Nintendo digital collection, or even if they put it on disc, that would sell so well, and Nintendo would not have to do anything. anything. No, they they print the discs. It's well, they would still have to reprogram it to work on those systems. There is work involved to emulate yeah, but, this. Yeah, okay. there's a reason why they haven't even gotten some of the games out, like Yoshi's Island. Was real hard, really difficult to port out to an even a Nintendo system because of how you know they had to to make that gross graphic here's, work. Here's the thing: you can go onto any I know, website buy an and emulator, or, buy an emulator. Well, not, down, but, yeah, you can get an emulator and a ROM mm-hmm. of any of those games, and it's going to work. And it, you could have done this at any point from like 1998 mm-hmm. till now, like. I have a Super Nintendo uh, emulator for my, you can get it for your Android phone, your smartphone. Yeah. Yeah. It takes programming and work. And the thing is, they sell it at a, at a premium on your already on their Nintendo systems, which it's nobody's $8, using. Eight dollars to download a classic Nintendo game per game. Twelve dollars for a Super NES game, or what is it? Fifteen? I don't even remember. And then like twenty bucks for uh, N sixty four. Yeah, game. and now nobody's using those systems. Nobody's doing that anymore. I don't know their download numbers. I really don't. Well, yeah, but, but yeah, but they're That's too they're hard. losing. They're struggling. They're almost out of the market. And this, they are where Sega was in like the late nineties, no, early two thousand. They are where 2000. Nintendo was during the GameCube era. They are where Nintendo was during the N sixty four. But they're 
they're not going to have anything that's like the Wii. We well, we didn't that. see the Wii coming back when we were talking about Nintendo when the N sixty four was out right. or the GameCube was out. Let's the Wii was a blind spot. The, so the Wii was unseeable. You're saying Nintendo needs to come out with another home console. It need, they need and to do lose, something. And lose all their money from the Wii U that they did because nobody's buying it. I think the Wii U, they're going to have to do something drastic with the Wii U. I think it's going to, first at first, lose the gamepad because they hardly use it anyways. They, but they, that's the controller. Like, you have to have that. No, you know why you don't have to have that controller? Because it's a second screen. When you turn off the television, you can port your game not every, and not every game uses that. Not either. every game uses it, and not every game uses it as an actual, its own controller. And since it's that way, since it, most games, or most games here are able to use it as a second screen, so the touchpad then goes away because you can't have touch when you're using it as a full t- television. Uh, just eliminate, take that out of the box, drop it down to $99. $149, it, it and still, just ride it out. It was right still takes... The they've already produced over 9 million of them. You only sold 2 million of them. <laughs> You're going to have to take out the ones that you just... And they kinda... stopped selling like some of those systems, like the mm-hmm. basic, like 8-bit, or not yeah. 8-bit, but 8-gigabyte um, ones. Like mm-hmm. They pulled those from stores because yeah. they're just sitting there. Um, but... So... You're going to have to do something with the inventory, and that's what I'm... You're going to, you know... It's going to be buried in a desert with the E.T. Atari games. Ugh. You know, Dreamcast... It, the fall of Dreamcast, they realized that they weren't selling as much as they projected. They shut down. They're like, nope, we have enough in inventory. We're not producing anymore. Nintendo hasn't gotten that bad where they're saying right. they're not producing anymore. So We're just going to keep going around and around. Let's just... 53 minutes. It's a Super Bowl. <laughs> Super Bowl. Bowl. Uh, let's get into one our uh, next beer. Okay, Kath. Cause... I'm going to throw this over to you, Paul, because you picked this out when we were ordering oh, brewery beers. Because this is the thing. It's a a smoked stout. Smoked stout, and what's the name of it? It's Mrs. Stoutsfire. Which is great, because, you know, Mrs. Doubtfire. And Mrs. uh, Stinsfire from the Playbook episode of How I Met Your Mother. If you haven't watched that episode, watch it. It's great. Uh, This is an imperial smoked stout aged on wood chips. Not in a barrel. Just on wood, on wood chips. chips. I don't know how that works, but okay. Uh, and what we just recently had the, uh, we just recently had a smoke humdinger. Beer. The humdinger from, um, from Magic Cap. Yeah, was which great. was the burn pile. Yeah, and no, but also, um, what is it? Uh, that was the smoked porter. Was the arrogant bastard who? What, oh, the uh, uh, smoked so, barley wine. Yeah. Which was too much smoke. Oh, the smoke. Oh, we're talking what a while back then for the smoked. No, it was only like. Yeah. Those, like, no, we had. It was ago. the smoked barley wine. Yeah. No, no that was a barrel aged barley wine. It wasn't smoked. We had smoked. We had a smoked. You had a from stone. From, from back stone. when we were at Pizza Plant. No, we like just had it in a bottle. No, we just had. We it. just had, we had a. We bottle. had it, and it was. Okay. And it was. I said it was a smoked summer sausage beer. Okay, okay. And this is a more enjoyable smoked beer. You get a subtle – I mean, you know you're drinking mm-hmm. something smoked, and it's really nice. You still get that mm-hmm. stout characteristic to it, uh, and I, I really like it. I think it's a really stout. good – Nice caramelly malt, good smoke finish. Get a little something. You know, you get a little bit of that uh, – just like that, just that sound, and you know – 
Yeah, yeah, yeah you do that after you drink them. Mm-hmm. That smoky. Yeah, we, we had it was the smoked old guardian, oak oh, smoked barley wine. Okay, yeah, my bad. We had it on the fifth of January. Okay, yeah. my bad. I, I thought I didn't think it was smoked. I thought it was just barrel aged, but my bad. You're, You're bad right. indeed. You're bad indeed. Yeah, because that was just. Smoked. And then right before that, we had the burn pile humdinger, which I was thinking of from Magic Hat. Yeah, uh, but very. I mean, for smoked mm-hmm. beers, I'd put this towards the top. It lingers. It no. is, and it's, but it's not a, it's not a it's not overpowering. Bad. It's an enjoyable smoke flavor to yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it. What comic books do you like coming out on February fifth, John? Or uh, which comic book are you most looking forward? to? I am doing? going for another new book from Image Comics. Uh, this is a mini series. Okay, good luck with that. <laughs> uh, and this is called. Uh, Armageddon Al, and this is a story of a woman who's a private eye who is on the cusp of stopping the apocalypse and working through the apocalypse. Uh, And this is by uh, J. Michael Starzynski and art by Bill Farmer. Um, It sounds fun. The cover looks like a lot of fun, and I like that I can see that this is just a four-part series of a new book from Image. Um, I, I've i cut so much from what I normally buy from mm-hmm. the two big companies, Marvel and DC, that I'm enjoying just trying out different books. Mm-hmm. And I do enjoy uh, Starzynski, and I'm hoping to enjoy this. You like to dip your toe in the water? I no. do. I really do like. I like to check out indie books because mm-hmm. sometimes even I just like the ideas of yeah, what they're but supposed then to be. Sometimes it's ghosted, but, and you're like, "Man, this sounds really cool," and it, then it's it not sounded that at all. So good. Well, the thing, see, that's the thing with indie books is sometimes when you just think of the concept yourself, yeah, yeah you, you start up, writing your you own story. You come up with your own, yeah. And then when it's not that story, you're disappointed, even if it's. Passable? Is, is that what happened when you were reading the X Factor solicitations, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. We got to the bottom of it. Paul is writing a better. I'll tell you this, man. The new X Factor's been really good. What? You're just John. You're just... now. I'm... Okay. <laughs> oh, we're gonna have to talk John down next. Oh, uh, uh, Paul. But so you're not looking forward to X Factor? No. What is the book you're looking forward? To? I am looking forward to this book, even though I'm very sad that it's. The, this book, it's the final issue of Batman Black and White. It's it's issue six, issue. yep. It says the final. It's issue. an anthology book. They can just right. keep going. I know they just can. hire people off the street to write and draw it. Heck, hire us. <laughs> Why not? Uh, yeah, and this Paul is... can write a better one. He's already imagining it when he reads the solicitations of the book that you are soliciting. And then it's uh, you know, what's really drawing me to this issue? Art by Becky Cloonan. Wow, just. Yeah, I saw, I saw it, and I was like, oh. yep, yeah, Paul's going to buy that one. <laughs> you know my heart so well. And Cliff Chank. Oh, nice. Writ- a written and drawn issue by Cliff Chank. Cool. So th- I think that's going to be super cool. Um, kind of Adam Hughes is doing a writing and drawing as well, and so is Steve like Taylor. a solid, solid issue. Uh, and uh, Becky Clune doing art for somebody. I guess Ollie Moss. Yeah, it has to be, because he's, not, he's the only one not listed in art by... There we go. Everybody else. Process of elimination. So written by Cliff Chang, Dave Taylor, Adam Hughes, Dave Johnson, 
And then oh, you have one, one story by uh, Ollie Moss and Becky Cloonan. So that's going to be exciting. And cover by the one thing with digital, you guys, do we need covers anymore? Like, honestly, like, I, they're just. The covers, I still do look at them to be like, oh, have I read this book? Have yeah. I bought this book? Like, okay. I do enjoy having the covers. Like, yeah. when I was making the jump from physical to digital, that's how I was like, oh, did I read this issue already? Oh, yeah, I remember seeing Hell standing in front of Ruin. Like, mm. I read this issue of Green Lantern. What's the they're, one after this? They're just a lot less important to me, I feel. Like, it, it's, I don't think I'm going to see. How else do you judge the book? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm like Belle in that way, where I don't oh. judge a book by its cover. Uh, horrible Disney reference. I'm no, sorry, guys. Any difference? <laughs> no, because but like now that, that since there's such a small thumbnail when I for my buying decision, it's not like I'm going to pick up that issue off the shelf because I'm like, oh, this looks interesting. Because it's so hard to tell from that. See, I just go it's to like, like what's new, and then I'm like, yeah. I scroll through, and I'm like, oh, like. I'm, I'll, I'll see that thumbnail in the title of the book, and I'll like, I'll hit it, and then get this list. And so, and like, and also like, once you, once you click to read that book, it comes up as the first, you mm-hmm. know, the first page. And I've been in, every time I like Thor, yeah. God of Thunder. Every time that cover comes up, I'm always like, man, that's such a great cover. Yeah, you but know? I'm not gonna pay. You know how like back in the day, you're paying Alex did, Ross. You would pay him yeah. stupid money. To do a cover for your book, just in hopes that it's an Alex Ross cover, so somebody's going to buy it. I think that's that will probably uh, die out a lot. I more. think so. I and think I'm that hoping will. that the regular artists on the book will now just well do uh, the or covers. I, I think sometimes it's. I mean, if you're especially like Marvel when they're double shipping your book, you're, you know who you're, I want to ask this Yannick Paquette. Next time, uh, next, next time, time we I see him, him he's, he's amazing covers, a lot of detail on those covers, and he's he's all for digital. And he's like, a great he's a great interview because he tells you exactly how it is. He doesn't yeah, he, hold, he, he does, tells you exactly what he thinks about it too, and yeah. he doesn't hold back. And uh, I really liked having him as who's the guy that did the. Um, I really like Cliff Chang's interview too. He's yeah, nice. uh, he he's someone we talked to for a while, but we didn't interview him. The guy that did your Zatanna. Oh, uh, Stefan Rue. Stefan Rue. Yeah, that's, that's it. A good one too. He that he was just so great to talk to. Mm-hmm. He was so interesting, and I wish we had interviewed him because he had such he had so much there great things no to point. say. Where I could stop him and be right. like, you mind if I interview? Next time because we... he was in midst of a story the whole time I was yeah. talking. Like, uh, and I was yeah. not going to stop. He's him that, that guy now. that got to walk up and just a- before he starts talking, just ask him if we can interview him and yeah. then start talking to oh, him and and leave the recorder on and just stand there forever and talk to him because yeah. he was great. That's how Yannick Paquette was the first well, year we talked to even, him. Even like there was that point we it wasn't an interview, but I can't remember if no because it was at Fan Expo. Mm-hmm. I don't think you were there that day. It was when I was talking to Dave Johnson. Or oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're talking yeah, about, about his Tumblr and yeah, everything. He used to have a blog where he would do like his cover fails of the week, where every week he would go oh, through yeah, and pick the, out like the covers that had been put <laughs> out on stands and be like, "Here's why this is a bad cover," and then talk about me like, "Here's what you're trying to do with it." This is how you could have actually done it. And I just thought that was fascinating, but he was getting hate mail about it. <laughs> and it's like, no, like these are so-called comic book artists and they don't know how to make make a cover. His uh talent and the talent directory of DC Comics his picture is amazing. 
I, I, can we pause it? So yeah, we, we can it? pause it, and then you can look at it. And then you can come back and tell us your book. And we looked at some of that artwork, and it's cool. And my book. <laughs> <laughs> yes, check off those boxes. It has happened. And we, we're now that's going just me on confirming that yeah we do things when we take these breaks. It's not just us sitting around drinking more or playing kitty cat games which, or wait, which happens. <laughs> uh, but my book's also from DC. It's Green Lantern and Red Lanterns number twenty eight. Yes, I'm looking forward to two books, but it's not cheating because this is a flip book. Oh, is this with Supergirl? Yes, this is with Supergirl. This is both Green Lanterns number twenty eight and Red Lanterns number twenty eight for two ninety nine. Okay. Um, because they realized that both were kind of crappy. The status quo for Red Lanterns has changed a little bit, so I think this is their way of trying to get people on board because it's like, well, if you're not buying all these books for some reason already, hey, you're probably buying Green Lantern. I just put it on the coaster. Shut up, you dick. So we want you to buy this book about the Red Lanterns now patrolling Sector 2814. Okay. And their newest Red Lantern recruit, Supergirl. Because she's so angry? I don't know. I don't. I don't read Red Lanterns or Super. Fucking stop taking my glass. He needs. So to- I don't know. I don't know. But hey, you know what? I I'll find something out yeah. because I read Green Lantern. I'm okay with spending that two ninety nine a month, and that two ninety nine a month is going to get me a free issue of Red Lantern. So or a half issue. Well, Supergirl's joining Jeff Lemire's Justice League Unlimited Can- Canadian. Yeah, Justice League uh, United. United. Yeah, you know. Because I knew it wasn't unlimited, but yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, yeah. Because it's no Which, longer just as, like, Canada. Paul, I feel like this book is made for you because it has, like, Adam Strange, Animal Man, I plan Supergirl. On, I plan on picking it up. I think, up. um, <laughs> isn't Stargirl in it, too? Yeah. Oh, Stargirl's? Yeah. yeah. Stargirl's in it. <laughs> so Paul's sold. And it's by Jeff Lemire. Yeah. I, I enjoy Jeff He's going to bring that small town feeling to a superhero team from Canada. Mm-hmm. He was able to, he was able to carry a team book with Justice League Dark yeah. quite well. I, I like this, yeah, team yeah, that, that, uh, Justice League Dark stuff that I read was pretty cool. So there we go. It's not his first Justice League book, guys. It's just that their home base is, it happens to be in Canada. Manitoba. I don't know if it's Manitoba. I just said that. Cool. Don't yell at us, Canada. We love one, you. We go up to you every year. Prov- provinces. We like visiting you every year to get poutine and interviews for our show. I like the poutine! <laughs> and yes, he does. And no. he also likes the beer, if you can't tell. You know, uh, before we get into this beer, though, we have a. Oh wait, just took you were going to br- read this. You okay. just we just took a break. We just took a break like half an hour ago. Fuck <laughs> you, son of a bitch! We just came back from a break. We Pause just... it so he can go pee. Okay, I will. Talking. No, we're pausing. And now a dramatic reading from Final Crisis: Secret Files. Page 17, panel 3. I don't know what character that is. Are you kidding? Count me in. Just tell me how I can serve. It's a Libra. That has to be like one of the bad guys, because Libra's getting all the films together. What are you doing? I'm doing like a background music. That was a dramatic (laughs) reading of... Final Crisis. Secret I've Files. read this book. I own it. Who the fuck are you? What's crazy is I also own it because you pulled well, it. From I pulled my it stack. out of your stack right over there. And it's like one of those books. Like, man, Final Crisis. That was a crazy crossover. That kind of sucked. Oh, that like the Why did I buy you know? all the tie-ins? Or Libra before? Okay. Yeah. I didn't buy all the tie-ins. I bought like the. Uh, 
resist, submit, like the <laughs> Wrath of the Red Lanterns. Uh huh. You bought oh, that, that one, the, Secret the, Files. The Rogues one, yeah. The Rogues one? Uh, so the only one he didn't buy was Legion of Three Worlds. Oh, yeah. Did you buy that one, Paul? <laughs> yes. Nerd. And you know what I bought? What? Uh, Cockeyed Cooper, a bourbon barrel barley wine ale from uh, our friends at uh, Unita. Oh. Oh, uh, it wasn't Lareth of the uh, Red Lanterns. It was Alpha Lanterns. No, it was... I'm pretty sure it's called Rage of the Red Lanterns, actually. Really? Yeah. Let's let's pause and look at it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just took a break. <laughs> We're not taking another break. Keep on talking, John. I'll look it up. Uh, so this is uh, – I got this because this is going to be our last barley wine. And I have to say a bourbon barley wine is what really cemented our love of bourbon beers and I think which sealed the deal for Paul actually enjoying – Barley wine. You were right, Chris. It was Red, Rage of the Red Lanterns. Yeah, because that's like after Lyra becomes a Red Lantern. And then the Alpha Lanterns kind of break off on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just something about this beer that just... It's not barley winey. No. Uh, you definitely do get some nice vanilla notes from the bourbon and it has some other characteristics it does have and it says on the bottle like it has some licorice notes to it and it, it does, does it does have that i like it like i really do enjoy this beer um it's i wouldn't characterize it as a barley wine though no i don't get any barley wineness out of it but uh i do like it I don't know, i'm not a fan like it's not bad but there's just Cockeyed Cooper. Cockeyed Cooper. I I, see, I I like it. It's making my tongue feel a little fuzzy. Yeah. Well, it's it, like that mouth assault. Eleven point one percent. Really? Mm. Yeah. That might be it. But I do really like the vanilla on it. You know, it's it's not anisey, but I still get a little licorice. It's so you get weird. some licorice. It's yeah. I think it's just that that vanilla is like got some extra taste to it. Like it's got yeah. some extra. Going on, so. mm-hmm. a little tartness. Yeah, yeah not a fan. I, uh, I like you, it. Yeah, I like it too. Chris, what would you think about it if you had a miracle fruit, miracle berry? Maybe I would like it. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe not. Uh, let's get into the Super Bowl because yeah. we're an hour ten in, and, and this Super is gonna Bowl. this is gonna take some long motherfucking time. Actually, I don't think it will because honestly, you say that, and then we spend like an yeah. hour like. Discussing. Look at how long we okay. spent just talking about Nintendo shit. I don't know why I'm. Why are you doing A Team? Because they're great. <laughs> it's a great lead-in. <laughs> to battle on the gridiron. Right. I, I was just watching the Tourette's guy because we were watching funny videos online, and. No, this does not seem funny. Laughing at people with a medical condition job. I don't think he actually has Tourette's. No, he doesn't. But <laughs> all of a sudden, these are playing the AT music, and he's like, holy shit! And he, like, knocks a guy over carrying his laundry to get in to watch the A-team. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's, like, from, like, ten years ago. Right. Yeah, oh, my God. What? No, the A-team is, like, from, like, 30 no, years ago. No, Tourette's like, guy. Oh, okay. Well, the last noun you mentioned was... To watch the A-Team. I knew what he was getting He's, at. You knew. Well, For somebody who doesn't know. Yeah. 
Like you. Yeah. They don't me. know. Anyways, go back to your A-team theme, and let's get into the Super We're Bowl. We're battling on the gridiron. Every year what we do is we look at the two, the big two, Marvel and DC, and we break down who had the better year of 2013. Well, this year, 2013. Uh, in four quarters, the first being characters, the second being publishing, then licensing, and final quarter creators. And overall... And we break it down and discuss, decide overall who had the best year, 2013, to win the Super Bowl. Ball. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. All right. First we don't want to get sued, Paul. It's the Super Bowl. Okay. Oh, I just threw a cork at my face. Balls. This is nuts. Let's go to characters. Overall, who had the best? Who served their characters in the comic books themselves the best in 2000? 13. I'm going to say Marvel. Yeah. Uh, reasons. My reasons are they took some big chances, especially mm-hmm. like the Hawkeye book, to continue on doing that book where it's the character, the superhero, between being a hero, mm-hmm. more in the day of the life. Uh, to do something as big and epic as... Thor, God of Thunder. Like, these are the two books mm-hmm. that I, I read month to month, and I'm excited every time these books come out. And God of Thunder just, like, nails everything I'd want in a Thor book or just a comic book. And they're also coming out with that other Thor book that I forget its name that is all ages. Uh, it isn't God of Thunder. What is that one? Oh, I, I don't Journey know. Journey into Mystery? No, that's that's more of the Loki book, Journey into Mystery. Know. I don't know. But anyways, follow, yeah, there's there's more than just the one Thor book out, but God of Thunder is the one that we read and really enjoy, but I hear good things of the other one, and too. And also, like, this does go into some of the other categories, but the movies with those characters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you can't. But, but those that. are, that yeah. is big moments for those characters having their own movies. Yeah, but we talk extensively in this yep. section. This is just, just characters the com- in the books? Yeah. In the books. Okay. How best they serve the characters in the comic books themselves. And I think DC's got some, it, it's We're got. a comic book podcast. Ever. It's got some, it got, it has some moments with those characters but they're all moments that are continuing on from two years ago well you know three Batman, years ago before the new 52 now. well i'm i'm just i'm saying like from the 52 with okay. the, the relaunch of those characters okay. scott sider's batman still going strong still a good book yeah that was going strong beforehand during yeah. detective comics but i'm <laughs> before but, the new 52. but before that in our super bowl that wasn't something we brought up when Mm-hmm. Two years ago, when it was a relaunch, and we were absolutely a Batman podcast, that was something that was one of the strongest points with that. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's been a continuously great run, but nothing has been that thing that we're jumping up and down about. How I great. have to say, now that we're into the third going on fourth year, it's no longer a great run. This is an epic run. I think this is one of those runs on a character, a character, a character and a creator together on a book for this long, people will look back and be like, wow, that was something really special there. I think I think it is, and I think it's something big. Yeah, for, it's something big yeah. for Batman and mm-hmm. for him. It's and gonna Snyder, it's yeah. it's gonna be something that when you talk about great Batman books, mm-hmm. this thing is definitely always gonna be one of those things that stick in my mind. Yeah. It's ultimate Spider Man. It's it's no, is it- what Jeff Johns did for mm-hmm. Green Lantern. Scott Snyder's doing with Mark Wade did with the Flash. Yeah. Uh, and what 
Grant Morrison did with Animal Man. It's we're going the, to be in this echelon. That's we're in the midst of it, so you mm-hmm. don't really realize and acknowledge it as much until like it's winding down or past. But no, like this, yeah. it's epic. It, it is. Point. It's it's doing what it needs to be done to like to Batman right now. Mm-hmm. Now, it's crazy. Brian Michael Bendis is run on Ultimate Spider-Man. That's how many years? Well, oh, 13. geez, he's been on it. F- yeah, probably so about two thousand one. Yeah, when the so, Ultimate Line started. Yeah, so that's an insane run. But it's, but think of Sandman and, you know, yeah. that run. But that that's think the of, character uh, that he kind of created. Yeah. Right, right there, Paul. Yeah. Well, Starman. What we talked a, about with our not episode. That's a character that he, James Robinson, basically. Yeah, but created. it's still, it's still, uh, it's not. You know I'm just I mean, saying though? it's still an epic run, and even yeah, like yeah, yeah. ultimate, ultimate. Runs. You're you're saying Ultimate Spider-Man, but it's the that's Spider-Man. You know, Brian he he really recreated that character. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of those characters that have been established before. Well, Sandman wasn't. Thing. You mentioned Sandman. Yeah, but Morpheus Sandman was kind of. Korean, no, you know? he. Okay. No, it was Neil based Kaiman off Korea. the pulp character. Yeah. Okay. Like was. But anyways, Dallas. I'm saying that's still really strong. That's. I, really I think good. it. I think it really is, but it's something that we don't talk about as much. No. Like, it's not. It's. Well, it's, it's still. It's still great. It still hits all the moments mm-hmm. it does. But it's. We've kind of talk about other stuff other than that. You know now. why? Because it's not long. No longer new to us being that great. It's. It's kind of. I don't know it's two it's years. It's kind of failing. At being so successful because it's been so successful. Yeah. Like, you know, it's that. Yeah, it's like, great, and it keeps on being great. So great. Like, it's, like se- it's like having sex with a girl more than three times. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. It's not new anymore. It's something you just do. <laughs> no. How? All right. Uh, well, moving on. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm ready. The to people give, in the relationships are moving on right now. I'm Sorry, ready to John. give this to Marvel because the same thing. They've taken characters that have just always been there, but made me care about them mm-hmm. in a completely different way with all new X Men, which is a book I I'm not going to be reading anymore, but a book I picked up because of just what it was doing with the characters where they were bringing back the original OG X-Men. And I'm not even talking about like, no, it's Cyclops, Iceman, Beast, Angel, and Jean Grey together in a team book. Now they brought back the original X-Men to today to try to change Mm -hmm. the past, which would change the present, which was at that point, the future. It's the awesome idea of, we got the story of the X-Men going into the future to see the Age of Apocalypse in order to try to stop it. Well, what if yeah. the comic books that we're reading now, if you think about it, this is pretty messed up. It and is. anybody in the right mind would want to try to stop this kind of present from happening. So they do the Age of Apocalypse again, and but that from was, the opposite side. That was something that was... Like, such a cool novel idea mm-hmm. from Brian Michael Bennis and, like, the ex-office. It's, it's flipping that coin it, on its It's head. flipping that coin because, and it, it does take a little bit of branching out there to think of that. Like, no, like, this has been done so many times. Like, why haven't we done it this way? Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of thinking outside the box. This is the post-apocalyptic world we're living in right now. This is yeah. it. This is what we wanted to avoid all those times we time-traveled. And I never thought I would be buying a book 
based on the original X-Men. But that's what Marvel had me do for, like, 14 issues. By Brian Michael Bendis. By Brian Michael Bendis. And I really enjoyed it. Helped out with art by Stuart Eminent and some mm-hmm. other fantastic artwork, like, flipping in and out. But that's such a weird, out-of-left-field character thing mm-hmm. that it was cool seeing these characters today and the fact that they've been living at the Jean Grey school with Wolverine but they don't know who Mystique is Mm -hmm. so when it's brought up that no there's a shapeshifter out here you weren't talking to Wolverine you were talking to her it just completely throws them off their game like what but that was Wolverine Mm -hmm. that that's cool like that's a fun little comic book thing that you're not going to get from any other type of medium yeah, yeah, I can't see that happening anywhere, anywhere else. And besides that, like, Young Avengers has been so fun. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a book that I will always love. But what Kieran Gillian's been doing with those characters has been great. Paul, when we were yeah. driving in the car today, since you mm-hmm. gave me a ride home from work, thank you again. You're welcome. Nova. Yeah. Like, I never thought oh any, my goodness, any, was... anybody, period, would be reading a Nova book. <laughs> But it's that, like, no, he's the son of Nova. He's trying to be the superhero. Like, that that's a cool... And he's getting it so wrong, and it's awesome. <laughs> right now, he's going through and finding all these, like, old Nova helmets of people that have... Old Novas, because he's basically one of the last ones. And along the way, he, like, is trying to help out this one ship that's broken down, and he helps them out, and he's like, wow, I did a really great job. It turns out to be a slave ship. Slavership. And, like, and he's Mark, a Mark, new character. Yeah, Mark Wade is off the book, right? Oh, it was Jeff Loeb that was writing Jeff Loeb, I'm Jeff sorry, Loeb Jeff Loeb. was on it, then Zeb Wells, and now it's somebody I don't even know who's writing it. But you're enjoying it. Yeah, it's one of those books where it's just like... And this was what I was going to talk about, why Marvel wins it for me, personally, is because they keep on taking chances of trying to introduce new characters. It, new characters that are old characters that are a new take on those characters. Mm-hmm. But even young characters... Trying to create young new characters, like in Young Avengers, I didn't stick around a lot for it, but Miss America seemed kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, don't understand her powers other than going from portal to you know dimension to dimension, but okay, cool. Uh, trying to create these kind of things in the new Nova. And um, and what's funny is the, the things that the Kate, Kate from, from uh, uh, Bishop, yeah, Kate Bishop from Hawkeye new young character that they're keeping around from old new young Avengers days. Um, and what <laughs> I think is funny both. is the books that make us say that um, Marvel wins is not the big bombastic big, uh, you know, the Avengers infinity yeah. and on all that stuff. It's the smaller books that they took chances on, mm-hmm. you know, those bigger books that they sold that they're going to get the people to buy all the little We're things out of it. Kind of reader, but but it's the things that they that kind of slip under the radar that get us all in different ways to enjoy that book. Mm-hmm. And I had to drop Novo during the uh, and it, yeah the, the Infinity, Infinity stuff because I just I saw Infinity Banner and I'm like I I can't do this anymore. Um, it's just not but like right now I'm wearing a Hawkeye T-shirt. Mm-hmm. I never thought I would wear a Hawkeye T-shirt ever in my life. Well, that's a really hard. T-shirt to say, oh yeah, that's definitely a Hawkeye well, T-shirt. Yeah, it's 
You got to be in the know. It's from the, it's from the comic book that I was like, oh my gosh, I found a site that has the bullseye that he's wearing in in issue twelve. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I wanted to get it. I wanted to be like, yeah, no, it's a Hawkeye t-shirt. To me, I know, and that's yeah, yeah that's, that's what you need to yeah, that's the thing. Well, and I think this kind of bears mentioning because DC, not that they haven't done anything with characters, they've been doing a lot of different stuff since the creation of the new 52 like this year we got the, the green movement? team and the movement like two I books haven't that tried either i haven't read books. either one of them yeah. and they're like the green team was canceled it's ending the movement is still going but it's also one of the worst selling dc books mm-hmm. but these are two brand new books like featuring all brand new characters that dc is putting out as part of their like main line like you need to read these books. Like this is something that we're showcasing and, and it, focusing. It, they, they are books that all three of us took a giant pass on. Yeah, that we it, didn't even try to like take a chance on. They were trying to capitalize on the the, the uh, we movements. are the ninety yeah the occupy yeah. or the we are the ninety nine percent movements. And it was just like I felt like there was another book about. Oh, it was, uh, you know, the Grant Morrison in Final Crisis, you know, that he kind of wanted to make that young superhero team. Oh, uh, the Japanese heroes? Yeah. Where most it was, excellent, oh no, yeah, it was most, most excellent super bad was the character, but was it like the Great Ten? Yeah, or, I don't remember the name. Yeah, but Big, most, uh, Big Ten? No, you're, no, you're thinking, thinking about Big, Big Hero Six. Six. Uh, I, think was the, gonna, I think it was the Great Ten. Yeah. Which I'm looking forward to that, but sidebar. Wait, you were looking forward to which one again? Big Hero Six, okay. the DC Marvel movie. Okay. Done by Peter Pixar? Animated. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's no. not Pixar, but it's Disney feature animation. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sidebar. <laughs> okay. But uh, that's but... that's a big step. Like, mm-hmm. that's... Yeah, they're to trying. Give unknown characters their own book in... I don't want to say a publishing line that's kind of narrowed because mm-hmm. they're not doing all that branched out stuff, but you get six Batman books and four Green Lantern. And that's somewhere. a big fail for me out of the New 52 was the... Was the at expansion the no we're going to also do this we're going to do a superhero take on horror with I Vampire and we're going to give you the uh, Resurrection Man and it's all going to happen in here and now you look at it uh, Frankenstein and Agents of Shade all those books have now disappeared and the the only thing they did do was bringing in Constantine from ending constant mm-hmm. ending hellblazer in vertigo and bringing his book into his own book into yeah but that wasn't even a and, launch title no and and it's something he well he kind of he launched with uh yeah. dark of uh just just really dark and it's a book that i bought in the beginning but i fell out of kind of right away mm-hmm. and i don't i don't want to go too far back because i and this is kind of my point. I think DC has done excellent stuff with the characters over the past couple years because they've done that. Like, it's a Justice League dark book featuring Orchid, Constantine, Black Orchid, like Frank uh, Frankenstein. Like, and 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 the the only thing with those is they Jeff Lemire jumped on that. I'm thinking about to, Demon Knights and to right, Demon Knights too, got yeah. canceled. But like, they they tried that. They yeah. they put it forward. They tried it, but then by 2013, what has happened is no, unless it's Justice League or the main superhero line, that dark symbol, like what is yeah. that? Yeah, oh yeah, they, all those all yeah. the all those symbols. All, all those symbols. Yeah, they had that because yeah. there was like even I can't remember what they called the teen stuff, like the Young Justice books uh-huh. kind of thing, where it was Teen Titans, yeah. Legion, like they're talking little... of like. All those books, Stack Shock, yeah. those those are gone. Like they're mm-hmm. just 
published now. You got but, yeah. You got Bat Family books. You got your Green Lantern books. Superman. You got your Superman books, and yeah. then you got your Justice League books. And then there's everything else after yeah. that. And then you might have like what they try, and then we'll get canceled. You know, and that's the thing. It's like, I, and I, I think they're slowly but surely making the right choices for things to put Jeff Lemire on Green Arrow with mm-hmm. uh, Andre Sarantino. Andrea Sarantino. Like, that, those are two great choices for that book. Like, that is pretty much almost the only book that I am, uh, reading from DC. You know, it's, it's that, it's, um, Batman, and because I know that Nightwing is ending, I'm reading Nightwing. Kyle Higgins? Yeah. Well, let's go right into the characters then. Okay. We were kind of talking about characters, and then I hurried up and said, Kyle Higgins, so we could keep going on that route. I have to say, the one thing that trumps everything else for this section of creators is editorial. And Marvel just lets the creators basically do stories that they want to do. I know that it might have not have worked with uh, Inhumanity, because we heard about, uh, but that's in 2014 because that story hasn't even really started yet with Matt Fraction, uh, being replaced by what, who, Chris Soleil, right? On that? Because. On which book? Inhumanity. Inhumanity. Yeah. Yeah, um, that was a recent switchover. That's a recent switchover. But that's because that was a, I guess, big event book and they really wanted to make sure that line wide kind of idea stays line wide. But also, he yeah, he was thinking of doing something different with than what they wanted. Yeah, yeah, and that's he kept on pitching ideas for the book, and they're like, "Ooh, this isn't exactly what we want." It's all up out there on the internet. Uh, it's written everywhere. And there's no hard feelings. We've anywhere. talked, yeah, and we've talked about this. You before. know, it's just a company has to keep their character do things that they think is best for the character for the overall company, and sometimes the creator <laughs> wants to do a story that might not fit. But I, I feel like they're allowing their creative creators to do what they want in their little nooks and crannies. Granted, Daredevil will be moved over to digital in 2014, but during 2013, wow, still a lot and of fun, right? The, the, I, the fact that it's going digital does not sway me from wanting to get that book. I see that as more of a jumping on point for yeah. me. Mark Wade? It's still Mark Wade. Uh, I still, I have to say, Mark Wade number one. That's probably when I look back on it now, through like where the turning points, where the cracks in the foundation of DC were, when they lost Mark Wade. Probably is like the first sign, like, okay, things are there. That's the ter- that's the start of it. That's the start of the. the that's the. It's not Nero playing the fiddle. In Rome, but it's the maybe we stretch ourselves too thin as a Roman Empire. I think with Mark Wade, because he had been gone from DC for a while at that point. Yeah, Yeah. and because he was doing he was doing some a lot of independent stuff. Yeah, he was like EIC or at Boom Studios. And I I think with it's that's not as big of a thing as like he's almost like Keith Giffen. You know, Mm -hmm. he he bounces from side to side to side to side. Mm 
when it just kind of says, this is a story I want to tell. This is a character I want to write. Okay. And he calls those guys up and he's like, hey, I want to do Daredevil now. Like, okay. You know, he's got that kind of clout to me. You know, he's going to go do this. He's going to do that. He's he's going to do whatever he wants. And when he calls and you to say, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to start writing Daredevil for you, they go, oh, okay. And that's that's exactly kind of my point, where he no longer wanted to even write a DC book well, anymore. Any DC book? Any of their cavalcade of characters? But I think... Because he, he was done he, with their... He's, he's done it all. He's been there. Yeah. You know? And it's... I think that's... He wrote Kingdom Come. It, yeah. And I think... Yeah. I think he's... You know, he's been there. And, and in three years and four years and five years and ten years, he... Yeah. All of a sudden, you're, we're going to be talking about Mark Wade over at DC. Like, can you believe what he's doing with Blue Beetle? You know? It's, he's going to... Ted Cord coming back, by the way. Yeah. It's gonna be that it's right. I mean, Justice League. It's gonna be those moments where it's just an an awesome writer who decides that he's gonna write this character and it's gonna be great because he does it. He brings it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's great for Marvel. Yeah. You know, and it, it's it's like and talking about this, Jason Aaron, mm-hmm. Jason Aaron cemented me in in buying in thor and an x-men, X-Men book. book two two X-Men books. books yeah two x-men books with amazing and wolverine yeah. and the x-men mm-hmm. you know and i think that's really big yeah. for them and on dc side jeff lemire jeff lemire is my boy at dc He's the guy that I'm going to read the Justice League book that he's going to do. Mm-hmm. I'm I've read every book that he's done in the last three years. Who uh, did the uh, Fall of Arsenal? JT Kroll. JT Kroll. Remember when he was supposed to be the next big thing over at DC? He never. It never. It never, it never got really cemented. Clicked. And then Jeff Lemire, who was this like small guy, you know, like unassuming, Essex County Superboy. Superboy, and then he, and it, then all of a sudden, like Animal Man, you know, yeah. these books like just snapped. Uh, and then Scott Snyder's taking himself, taking them on the wing, and they're kind of talking about, you know, what they're going to do with Swamp Thing and Animal Man. But Swamp Thing's going to be the big book. And still, I'm still reading Animal Man. I'm no longer reading Swamp Thing, Thing because well. It's, yeah, but, but yeah, we discussed that. Charles Sulay is on that. Yeah, one, Charles Sulay is on uh, Swamp Thing, but but Green Animal, Arrow, yeah. Green Arrow, I, I I love it. I Justice League Dark. He wrote what I wanted Justice League Dark to be about, and then Ray and, Fox took over that book. Yeah, and yeah. even like bringing in Constantine, it was the two of them doing it together, and uh, I he's he's a creator at DC. He's a creator, a writer that I will always follow. He's also an artist. An, an artist, yeah. No, I, but he doesn't do any art. I, I think the last thing he did was the, those digital Batmans, yeah. uh, the Dark Knight stuff. Um, but he's someone that I will follow. I follow him on, you know, on the the multimedia stuff, on Twitter, yeah. on those things. Um, but he's somebody that, and I I remember. <laughs> When, Paul, when you had your gallbladder out yeah. and we were setting up that and I really interview, wanted to we were setting up that interview and he was he seems like elated that yeah. we wanted to talk to him. Oh, like I he just seemed like such a interesting guy. And then and, my pain medications wore off. <laughs> well, <laughs> we don't understand so... why you went off your pain medicine. No, anyway, it, was, it was a it was it was, it was six a self perpetuating cycle because 
Paul couldn't eat because his stomach felt wrong, so he felt nauseous. Because uh-huh. of he, my pain meds. Because of his pain meds. It and was it was six and one. Eat anything to help keep the pain meds down because his stomach felt nauseous. <laughs> yeah. Six and one, half a dozen in the other yeah, was, with that it weekend. Was a terrible situation. Yeah, it was um, the worst. Never but, get your pain. Never get your gallbladder out. Two three, days, three days before <laughs> a comic book convention that you actually want to talk to people at. But Jeff, like, oh, so sorry, everybody. Because that would have been a great interview. Oh been, my goodness! But pre, pre, I saw it coming. Pre him blowing up, and it was it was you talking about him that made uh-huh. me interested in Jeff Lemire. Uh-huh. You know, and that's why you have like that's why it's great to talk to your friends about comic book uh-huh. people. And um, but yeah, like Jeff Lemire over at DC. Uh, I won't, I want to say he's, uh, Scott Liddell. I really liked it. The only reason I dropped Superman, and he got me to read Superman this year, mm-hmm. was just all the crossover stuff. And then falling out, you know, going digital, doing this. And it's like, ah, I, I don't need a Superman book. I enjoyed him. I enjoyed what he was doing. Superman Unchanged, Scott Snyder. No, I'm that? still, uh, no. I'm, uh, I, I, I dropped it just because of monetary reasons. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Greg Pak, I, I really, this year... Uh, over at DC, Greg Pak doing Super, Superman, Superman Bat- and Batman, Superman, Batman, Superman, and um, oh, I can't think of the artist. Uh, oh, uh, Jay Lee, Jay Lee, Jay Lee, mm-hmm. big time over there. I I love the look of yeah. that book. Well, Jay Lee's a great artist, and yeah, you know, it's just one of those things that where they they got somebody that wasn't a '90s artist to come in and do a <laughs> big book, and that was one. One of the big things out of the New 52 is that they've been trying to milk that 90s-style book. Which is so stupid. When you have amazing Mm -hmm. artists. And I think, like, they've done... I mean, they they have amazing artists, and they've done it Mm -hmm. smart. Superman Unchained, Jim Lee, uh, Andre Sarantino on a smaller book. Jim Lee is that 90s artist. Yeah, but it's... he. He's the guy he, that went he, out and he bought a nineties artist. He's he went in and bought out a Ferrero and uh, you know Ferrari and everything because he was making money on money on money. But he's someone who has continuously grown. Grown. I mean, look at I mean yeah. Batman. Batman. Um, Hush. Hush. Versus now. Versus nineties. Okay. Yeah. It's it's okay. it's it's leaps and bounds it over there. It is better. a lot better. And yeah. if you think you can of, still tell it's the same artist. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, you can still tell it's Jim Lee, but it's Jim Lee. Even in the '90s, was you know the the cream rising to the top. You know, you, you think about those other '90 artists. Uh, what's his name? Rob Liefeld. <laughs> just gritting your teeth and like throwing your arms to your side, <laughs> and I got it. <laughs> you know, those other guys like. They don't. They don't still work. Yeah, because you know, they haven't changed their form. They haven't. They haven't grown, and Jim Lee has. Mm-hmm. I think he has. He's he's was leaps and bounds over those guys then, and he's continued to grow. Is he the best artist today? I don't think I don't so. Think so. I don't yeah. think so at all. I think there's lots of people who I would see their name on a book and do it over them. Mm-hmm. I think. I think Jim Lee's good. I think he's a little overrated. I think you know he's the quintessential comic book superhero artist. Yeah, like I don't think he's overrated. Out of the last, out of the last twenty years, I think he. The thing is, realized for what he is, and people pay respect to that. Yeah, I I respect him as an artist, but let's. I think I don't want to pay that extra dollar to see his book. He's overstretched. Those are. They sell. 
They're so going those, to be the those books are going to be priced a dollar more, no matter basic, almost no matter which artist is on them. That's so. Scott Snyder writing Superman drawn by Jim Lee, Lee. Uh-huh. and it's I think that was like an oversized book too. I think those issues those, yeah. had more. Pages well, they had, the first not, issue had that fold out like yeah. four page panel book. Mm-hmm. Like I only bought like I think the first two or three, but I also but think you know what was nice have about that artwork. Or, I'm sorry, advertisements breaking up the artwork. Mm-hmm. That it also uh, came out on time, uh, unlike other yeah. <laughs> overpriced, uh, Jim, you know, big name writer, uh, Mark Miller. What, what was this? Not Mark Miller. What? The, the Frank Miller and uh, Jim Lee. Oh, the All Star yeah, Batman. Batman. Oh, so bad. But I was going to make the point of. Oh, damn it, I had a great point. Oh, uh, Jim Lee, a little overstretched. Especially uh, when it came to the new 52 of redesigning all the characters, because he was hired to do all the redesigns for the DCU online video game, where he did all the character redesigns. Yeah, but... So, he's now doing redesigns atop of his own redesigns? But he was... They were working on that game for, like, three years, so his redesigns were three years before that game even came out. Yeah, but then, what's he doing? He's going to redesign the whole... DC Universe again when he just did it three years ago. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. like no, I eventually you're putting in a little too much line work on the page instead of just letting things stand because now nothing's ever that I, I, clean. It's yeah. just work on top work. Uh, yeah, he's and he's at, he's at DC. He's a and I think a lot of the problems with the DC art right now is it's a little too much work on the page, not just letting the characters be the characters it's just i i think certain books have the right artists on them the mm-hmm. the 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 guy that's doing i mean batman superman with 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 jay lee, J- yes. jay lee. uh andrew and andrew and sarantino you know, you uh, know what those books don't have over rendered characters and but like <laughs> those um, artists the, are very fluid. i can't i cannot think of the artist who's doing the constantine book I really like the it's art not on Ray the Fox. Who is no, it? it's, Fox is the writer. He's the writer, but the guy that's doing the art for that, I think, does a great job. Um, the artist that picked up after um, Jim Lee on Justice League, I thought, did a good job. Was you that know, Ivan Rice or Reese? I think so. Um, but I mean, like, they're they have some really good writers or artists on there, and then they have some Rick artists Polo, that still awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. And also, then they, and not over rendered, you know. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like the things he, that I he's enjoy. a character. He's a, he's not not only is he he's an artist that that you're paying you're paying him to have his artwork, and you're not asking him to do another style. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's there to do what he does. Yeah. Creators is a tough one for me because this entire time I've been thinking mostly about writers because I always just go to writers first because they're mm-hmm. the ones that are they're writing up the scripts that then get handed off to the artists. And for writers like DC, unless you're working in the Marvel style. Yeah. <laughs> but even now like I say now but Marvel's been using like the whole architects thing mm-hmm. for so long like and before that they did do the young guns which was the artists mm-hmm. but ever since then it's been like no we believe in our writers. And I'm kind of ready to give it over to Marvel for the writers more. Mm-hmm. Because while DC, they have a pretty quality stable of writers on their side. 
I know when I'm looking over the solicitations and I see the names of the writers on their books, I'm like, I don't know who that is, but they're on this book. I don't know who this guy is, but they're on this book. DC tends to have a writer that pops up on their radar and they're like, okay, we'll have them do a backup story in this book. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, they did okay. We're going to have them write this tertiary character. Oh, they, they did okay. We're going to have them team up with this writer. Mm-hmm. They're going to handle this book. Now they're going to do this. And I think a good example of that is someone like James Tinian IV, who kind of just sprang up and then they're like teamed up with Scott Snyder doing the Batman annual. Yeah. Like two years ago. Then they get talent, but then they're like one of the four writers that's, or three writers now that's handling Batman Eternal, the new weekly series that's coming out this year. I think DC does a good job of growing their writers. While yeah. DC, or I'm sorry, Marvel will put someone on a book that you don't know, but it's a, it's a character you want to read, so you're going to buy this book anyways. But then after six issues, that book's completely gone. And that character is now appearing in a book written by Matt Fraction or Brian Michael Bendis. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think with like the Hawkeye book is they've found – I think there's three different artists now with all of those Hawkeye books that all – uh, Damn it. Um, I well, thought I had them. With, you didn't. <laughs> no. Nope. You had the first one. No. Is Matt Hollingsworth one of the artists or is he like a, an inker – colorist because i see his name on the book on the on the latest issue oh, it's taking forever to load now uh on the latest issue it was annie Wu, who still did a really good job i thought um and and annie Wu again on the f- but i mean they've, they've had yeah, yeah, no but they've, they've had, had they've had f- that- not not just fill-in artists but say like okay this this guy's gonna do it, Franca- uh, Francesco Frenavilla. Oh, Francavilla, yeah. Um, who I thought, yeah, who I think rivals, almost rivals David Aja on that book. Like mm-hmm. it, it's just perfect. And, and Annie Wu, I think, does a great job. They found those artists that go, and uh, Annie Wu, who, who the hell is that? But fits that book. Mm-hmm. So it, I mean, they are finding those artists that are smaller, but are right for that book. And if that's Matt Fraction saying, no, this no, person needs this to be on there, but they're allowing that mm-hmm. uh, to well, do that. I think what we're getting with Hawkeye is the same thing that we got over on Daredevil, where it was, you have a solid writer on the book that's mm-hmm. telling their story, like from issue one until mm-hmm. whenever. And then they have different artists coming on, but they, they all keep, fit the tone. Yes, they keep the artists similar enough in style where it's not jarring when you go from issue six to seven, but it's done by someone yeah. else. But they're allowing they're allowing Pablo the Rivera. they're yeah. allowing those either those styles or that like that is part of creators like the creator saying like this artist is the one that fits with this. Right. We have all had our say about this. Let's lock in our votes for creators to keep this thing going because we're at. Hour forty six, I say Marvel wins for creators just Marvel. because I think they're given more free reign to do what they want. I'll for, s- for the for the books, they have the right people on those books. Okay, they're picking the right teams yes, together. I with think the so. Characters. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm I'm just gonna say DC because they do give different writers or artists a chance to more prove themselves. Right. Okay, and say like, no, I'm gonna try to make my mark on this book, and if it works, cool. Yeah. Okay. While Marvel does throw like the writers or artists on a project, and then 
Yeah, my you, one you problem with Nova is that there was a constant turnover. Yeah. It's like this guy, nope, now this guy, now, you know, we're on the third or fourth creative team. And and my pick has nothing to do with, like, no, this is my favorite creator. This is my favorite artist. Mm-hmm. It's just based off of, like, what the companies are doing with that. With Well, that's their, all our folks, piece. you know. We're, we're, that's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to have pick just our favorites. It's what we think is better for the company at a whole. Talking about well, picking our so favorites. That's, so that's, that's two quarters. And what are we looking at so far? Well, right now we're we're uh, we're Marvel heavy. Marvel has won this first half. Marvel has more runs, is what you're saying. More, more. <laughs> you forgot that he was a gag. That's that that's is, your yeah, shtick. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, thank you. Because that's, John and I aren't sports guys at all, that's so we shtick. like to mix. <laughs> we love course. we love to make Paul Paul pull his hair out. <laughs> I felt like there was that one second there after I said that where Paul was like, nope, but he stopped right before that. Because I realized, no, that's their shtick. <laughs> and what did I just complain about? Them, you know, other people pulling out the shtick and just pooping on it and then handing it back, being like, nope, not, no longer cool. Uh, so during the, yeah, Marvel's uh, score racked up a lot of points. See, general term. <laughs> points, uh, good. With, so now it's it's really up to this. It's can DC come out and uh, get a clean sweep with the publishing and licensing, and um, I think we really need to just cleanse our palate here with our fourth and last beer of the night, which, because, which was something that we oh. it just got pulled out of. Hey, Chris, Chris saying like we should drink another beer. Always pull it's out. Half time. You got to have another beer. Always pull out, people. Always pull out. That's <laughs> Chris' favorite way of birth control. <laughs> it's worked for me so far. I always forget. Thank God it's you're out. <laughs> Thank Don't. God you're sterile. Don't. Uh, it is true. <laughs> Papa Van Winkle is what we'll be drinking. Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. That's the full name. Papa Van Winkle, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy from Voodoo Brewing. This is a their Big Stout, their big black voodoo daddy, daddy. is their big stout, uh, really high alcohol. Aged in a Papa, Papa Van, Van Winkle, Winkle bourbon barrels. And Papa Van Winkle uh, bourbon barrels? Freaking expensive. Yes. So if this Did is, you price out the barrels? Not not the barrels, but, you know, the, the, yeah, the, the, the bourbon itself. itself. I'm sorry, I thought you actually I, looked I did at say the bur- barrel. It's yeah. one of the, the big top tier... Yeah, uh, this is probably the closest I'll ever get to drinking Papa Van, Van Winkle, Winkle. Uh, after looking up like bourbons after last year having um, this and being like, guys, I think I really this, like bourbon. I remember this. This smell. this is from uh, Voodoo there. Brewery out of Pennsylvania yep. that Paul and I went and stood outside in the freezing cold for about what almost seven hours mm-hmm. in March. In March, uh, one of the coldest marches we've had in a long time. Uh, to to get these beers and it wasn't this, during that warm March. This is bottle one thirty seven, and this came out at twelve fourteen twelve. So this is a two year and it's so many year. months. It's a two year aged beer. Is it two? Yes, twelve to the. It's now two thousand fourteen, John. We're we're still in but January. It's not. It's not. Plus some dates. It's not twelve fourteen fourteen. 
Oh, okay, you're and right. You go you're by right. year. Yeah, yeah, it's a little over a year. A little over a year. Little. Sorry, Paul. Uh, Sorry about that math, Paul. It's not exactly a two-year-old beer. Come on. Come on. Get your math right. But I know. Oh, you've and it drinking. smells delicious. Uh, this is something that last weekend we had, or two weeks ago? Nope, no, last, well, last week. Last week we had a... Our we had a little dinner party with our friends. I was calling it bur- I was expecting it to be bourbon night. I was it is like bourbon super- night. Because I'm like, I'm drinking bourbon tonight. <laughs> like, like we're having bourbon and age po- bourbon. Bur- bourbon pork. pork. We're having uh, bourbon caramel sauce on our dinner. Mm. Uh, uh, on our, our dessert. dessert. And, so, uh, I'm, I'm so, so when I came up with this bottle, I was expecting Paul to be like, oh, no, but Paul was like, yeah, yeah, no, I was hoping you guys would bring that up. <laughs> I've been, ex- I've been hoping for this. Like, I've been trying to quell my thirst for this by drinking bourbon all last weekend. This is so good. It is so, so smooth. Oh, I've, I think after that year, you're losing, oh, no, it's still there. It, it takes it takes a little bit to hit it's that tongue, and I think coming from the cockeyed, we need a couple sips on that. But yeah, it's good. It's still got that kind of burnt I'm caramel. I'm so sorry because there was only 150 bottles of this. <laughs> <laughs> this is bottle number 137. So listeners, and we've already had one of these. If you're drinking this, <laughs> you are extremely lucky. You're extreme. Uh, and we. You? Why didn't you invite me over, your asshole? I give you how many free episodes of this show? Paul, none of the people, none of the people that listen to this show were in line with us. <laughs> but this is something that, like, Paul, we were. it it capped that you could buy the full the yep. full lot with Paul and I. Yep. And I bought that full lot, and I kind of like kind of sold it off to former friend of the show mike and i don't i'm a fucking idiot <laughs> i i was going to sell uh you know the, all our extras to mike also because he was that's why i think you brought me and then i think it was hour four where i was just so frigid <laughs> so cold it was and miserable yeah. i'm like no i'm keeping all this beer i'm sorry mike this is way too much work for me not to come out with right. all of the beer and i think I think we missed the boat on their second release that was over the summer. Yeah. But we both, both of us weren't going to be able to do it. We both mm-hmm. had something going on that day. And, um, but it's definitely, they're definitely something that are just a prize. It's yeah. a prize. These are a prize. It, and you like, forget we're about. reviewing it and it's like, it's just like, I, I don't want is, it to come off like, man, you're never going to have this. It's not for you, it's for but us. But as we're yeah. drinking like, this. This 137th bottle out of 150, it, I, I feel like it cannot be anything other than that. But I do hear uh, if you want to do what what you do if you want to do a bourbon age yourself, and you just can't, you know, you can't. What you do is just take a little bourbon, like a shot of bourbon, put it in like a mason jar, swish it around, pour it back out, drink the shot, because don't freaking waste bourbon uh and then pour stout in there in the mason jar and just like let it sit for a week like in your fridge you're using a mason jar so it's a nice seal so you don't lose the carbonation and then it gets close it doesn't get it exactly 
I would really like to try Papa Van Winkle. And Papa Van Winkle, like they don't release it. They don't release their beer or their their bourbon like the mass produced stuff. No, it's like not. it's very limited, small runs. Mm. And like I bought, so good. I bought Paul. Like it, it's. I'd say it's on the cheaper side of bourbons, but it's a highly rated one, Mm -hmm. and it is a really good one. And your other one should be shipping soon. Okay, I checked. I checked on it. The thing with the a lot of the bourbons I've well, the two bourbons I've drank now is, I get a lot of oak and not a lot of the vanilla. The vanilla does come out as the aftertaste. You can't ice your bourbon if you want to get that vanilla at all, because all you'll be left with on a very cold palate is is just the oak, uh, in my opinion, so far from what I've drank. Uh, if you want the vanilla taste, just drink the barrel-aged beer because, man, it's good. Most of them get it. And um, and I, I do like that there is a surge on these bourbon-aged beers. And um, I think probably, probably about eight months ago I said you're going to see a lot more of these bourbon-aged beers. Mm-hmm. And like the the crooked line here from Unita, it was only twelve ninety nine for a bourbon aged beer. Well, to be called a bourbon here in the United States, you can only use the barrel once. A charred white oak uh, barrel. It has to be that, and you can only use it once. So, if you're making a bourbon, there's a lot of turnover for those barrels. So, honestly. Those will probably be the cheap, some of the cheapest barrels out, out on the market for these breweries to be, then be able to pick up and age their beer in. Whereas ports and other, and whiskeys and rums like that, they can reuse the barrel time after time, you know, until it's yeah. basically no longer feasible to use. Now, that's why you never buy it car that used to be a cop car or never buy a car that used to be a taxi because there's no, our Blues Brothers, Blues Brothers. you buy a cop car yeah yeah cab spanching yeah cab but steering. what happens when they finally get to their destination they drove the hell out of that man they drove that car through a mall they Paul. drove it really good Chris says so <laughs> they drove it through a mall yeah but that was only 600 miles I see scars <laughs> Sorry, I got froggy there. And John's wasting beer. It kind of came out my nose, you son of a bitch. I was, just saying, I was not thinking you're gonna. I see ya. Sorry. I got... Hey, we finally had halftime performance I got... I... during the Super Bowl, and you're now pooping on it, John. I don't understand. No, no, it's better after he poops on it. <laughs> That's what he always tells me about all my shtick. I wasted a sip of this beer, you son of a bitch. And I couldn't help it, and I was just going to go, but then you called me out on it. (laughs) What am I going to do? I respond. That was my wedding song, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) That was my first dance as as Mr. and Mrs. Lick it off the bottle, John. You don't let any of this beer go to waste. No, it's really good. It's fantastic. Publishing. And it's not, like, I mean... This year, this this year old, it really. Do we have another coin toss after the halftime? It's super smooth, no. and I is there say a kickoff. Yes, I say when we drink next month uh-huh. with the uh, aged stouts and porters, these get the rest of our allotment of these voodoo breweries mm-hmm. get 
mixed into that because I, I'm afraid. I'm yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And I think you know this is the first time they did it, and I don't want to sit on these too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, we were, we were talking about waiting till March, and I rather mix these in mm-hmm. a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. you don't want to lose anything to I these, and I, one. I think already you've lost a touch of what they were, even though these are still good. Yeah, I think they were. Well, those were when we first took a sip. It was like, wow, that's a lot of bourbon. Yeah, that's a lot of like vanilla up front. That's a lot of burn. Like it, this is now smooth. See, I remember it's still a lot of. The nice I think, bourbon flavor verse, but it's not. I think it's it's losing it. The smokiness isn't quite there yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's 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 lost a little uh, bit of its luster. It's not lost. It's now mellowed. I don't want to say lost. Lost well, has a negative connotation. No, I, I think this is a much easier drinkable beer now, and I still feel like I get all the flavors that I had before. Uh, I I agree to that, but I think I myself okay, and someone and as we've continue to drink bourbon beers because we have i think this amped up a little bit more is a better beer i remember liking this one it was the apple brandy i think that i was okay let's just drop let's okay the apple brandy the apple brandy triple belgian triple Uh is the one we we traded away that second bottle that is the one that we didn't like. And Paul, the apple brandy that we have downstairs uh-huh. is the one that Chris and I loved. Okay. Can we I, liked I, that. It's the big black voodoo daddy, aged in apple brandy. It was great. Okay. You were kind of like, it's a little mealy in my mouth. Yeah, but, mealy. but Chris and I'm I already, loved it. The I'm apple film. Yeah. Like, the oh, apple, there's, the, a the apple. We, there's a film. We all, we all agreed already. the Belgian triple aged apple brandy was no good. That's why we traded the second bottle away and got the gingerbread bourbon and gingerbread stout from uh, the place down in the Carolinas. Mm-hmm. That is gone. We don't have to drink that. Yeah. The apple brandy we have, we'll pour you a sip, and I will drink the whole bottle. Oh, thank you. I will give you each $10 to drink the whole bottle. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to drink that. I will I love to drink trick. that because it is amazing. I'm glad you love that mealy, mealy It's apple. not mealy. I will, I will deck all of you. All right, no, let's no, get no. fucking back into this yeah. thing. I was going to say, don't lump me in. We're two hours in. I remember. All right. Two hours in. So, this was going to be short episode, remember? Yeah. No. It never is. Anytime you guys say it's going to be short, it's not. <laughs> it's like triple Fuck you, long. Nintendo. <laughs> Something else you failed at. Keeping us on Paul, track. cut that out, Publish- but it is a not episode. No, it's in. Publishing. This is publishing what the, what the company as a whole did for the comic books itself. Like, before, in past years, we're like, oh, they moved day and date to digital. Right. Oh, can I go Marvel f- came out with an app where they, you can read all their comic books six months. Can I go months. first? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Fuck you, Marvel. You publish your books way too often. I know. Even as someone that reads digitally now, like I'm not always on Oh, my goodness. I, I think we complained about this on the cover at home. We did. <laughs> I think I'm the one that brought it up. Yeah. I buy so sporadically because I will go on and buy the book that I have to read that week. And then everything else, I'm like, yeah, I'll buy this when I'm bored. Like, 
I have nothing going on on my day off. I'm going to buy my books and read this. I hate going on to Comixology and being like, okay, what do I have to buy? And then I see there's four issues of X-Men that I'm I have sorry, to pick guys. up. We're recording on a Friday, which never happens. <laughs> I'm like, fuck me, I'm going to have to go to work nope. tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like, you know I what, do. I'm going to bring actually, in... Actually, the other side of the table actually has to go to work. Yeah, we're getting nine tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm going to have to bring in my my uh, my uh, tablet just so... Maybe I'll read some comic books then during my lunch. And then I'm like, oh, wait, Chris is still talking. <laughs> Today's Friday. I don't need to work tomorrow. This is great. You're good. I can drink this whole beer. You can drink all of it. So go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. That's Half okay. the reason for bringing out that Papa Van Winkle. Yeah. yeah. So happy I'll work until 9 whatever. I have to drive myself to work. I don't have a car. <laughs> um, Do you need to ride tomorrow? No, my, my mom would I just asked ride. him that, too. Okay. I'd take him. Do you need to ride home? From I have John. <laughs> Even from oh, work. from work. No, my mom said she should be able to give me. Yeah, but I know, okay. but it's oh, your Paul, day off, and you're probably Paul's in me... there. Paul's, Paul's looking to get out of the house. Yeah, Paul, I will need a ride home from work tomorrow okay. at six o'clock. Okay. If you need to do something else. No, and Kate's then, going to visit her grandmother tomorrow. So no. yes, and then I'm going to and then beer and tasting. Then beer tasting. Oh, you would have to drive me to the beer tasting. Okay. Well, Paul, I'm telling you, like. You should really come to the beer tasting. But yes, uh, publishing. So. Publishing. Yeah, I'm Mar- in like, total agreement with the double shipping. Mar- Marvel, you publish books way too often. But on the flip side, DC, you don't publish books enough. Mm-hmm. Because, And this is all on the creator side, so I can't say anything about it. But Sandman Overture number two. Finally coming out like in April. I have yeah. no idea when it's coming out, but yeah. I don't know, but Marvel, you put out so many books, and I understand, like, you're battling for shelf space. Mm-hmm. The more books you put out there, the better chance you have of someone picking one of those up, because it's like, hey, here's a third Deadpool book. And not not to cut you off, but no, it's okay. in the last couple years... But you brought up Deadpool, that's when we cut people off. <laughs> but in the last couple years, they're fighting for that shelf space... But they're not giving you a mediocre book. They're finding the, they're, Marvel really is finding the right people. Bringing Brian Posehn in to write Daredevil, I think was, was a big win for them. You know, he's, he's a comedian. What's he writing? What, what book is Deadpool. he writing? Deadpool. Oh, dead, you said Daredevil. Did I? I thought I said Deadpool. We can check the tape later. I don't and fucking care. We, I mean <clears throat> the listeners, and they can Facebook us. <laughs> hey, Facebook us. Did I say Deadpool I'm, or Daredevil? I'm too drunk but right now to bring, bring like bringing in Brian Posehn in and having there's they still are fighting for Deadpool space. They have like three Deadpool people really books. like Deadpool though. In and, and each Deadpool book is kind of a different variation. Like they've learned and they've kind of grown from what they're doing but they're filling that space but they're not just filling it with shit which i felt like they were doing a couple years ago they were just throwing out everything and now they're throwing out things that have the right people behind them yeah that's my that's my little spew i have publishing yeah i i you know i think i said it before with the character part where I believe Marvel is more likely to give creators and books a chance to do what 
to find their own footing versus what DC is where I, I feel like every book has to fit in their main line. And I also feel like Marvel, not only does it have to fit into, like, criteria for them, but somebody says, hey, I was thinking about doing this. And they go, hey, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, like, we'll support you. But they also will say, and then we can reprint this book. Mm-hmm. I The – something that we're probably going to talk about next time we record or next week with the look back – Miracle Man? Miracle Man. Yeah. Like, it's just... Uh, it's 2014. It, now, I think the complaint I have is it's a reissue of a book that I bought because it was a vintage book and I've read that not everyone has that chance to buy, and I'm little sour grapes about it. But I think for the fact that your comic book shop might not have that and might not it's be It's been out of print. It's been out of print. So it's not years. like something for me like it really shouldn't be something for me to hate on. Yeah, but but I've already read it and they sell it as it's like a new book. See, that's the problem with me. That, that's that's the, yeah. and that, and then 2014 that might be something, you know, next year Super Bowl of comics. I will Super Bowl Sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I might bring up and, and not like, because honestly, like, so if, if Starman Omnibus were to come out, but not be labeled as Omnibus, but a new if they like, say, like, collection. They say, like, Starman, and then yeah. it's just a reissuing of that 90s series. But again, this is the, this is what, like, late 70s, early yeah. 80s. It's a little series. longer, but still. It's almost, it's 30 years. I have to say, it's probably 30 years. And guess how long comic book readers read for? Maybe, maybe 30 years. I, like, this, like, I, I, I don't, it is a re, the one thing they missed was that it was a reissuing. It, it felt like. Yeah, 2014 issue, not a 2013 yes, issue. Yes, it was going to be a new thing. And I paid the five and oh, fucking five ninety nine. <laughs> I think it came out in January. Digital. Digital. I and, and all right, five ninety nine for this. I think I paid five ninety nine for the eighty. Yeah, issue back. issue of it. That's thirty years old. The thing that the thing that I have against Marvel with this for the we're, for this publishing publishing. Yeah quarter is the the marvel now books are 3.99 mm-hmm. with the digital copy but if i just buy the digital copy it's still 3.99 same mm-hmm. thing with dc though like Th- well they're specially books yeah, that, but, but they don't even come with the uh, digital copy that's the thing but, but, but they do but, batman but they do the combo packs where if you want the physical and digital copy, it's four ninety nine. Okay. So, and so, so you can either get either or or both. Almost both is a dollar more. Most of their line, most of DC's line, uh-huh. two ninety nine. Certain books are Batman. that three ninety nine, and when they raise the price, you're getting a lot more for that book. That's the thing about DC. Two ninety. Like, the books. They said like, oh no, this book is now three ninety nine instead of two ninety nine, but we're giving you ex extra pages. And I'm just saying the digital copy. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm like, 
like I think Wonder Woman and Batman are on equal footing right now with like Cliff Chang on art, Greg Capullo on art. Wow. Uh yeah. And uh Brian Azzarello writer, Scott Snyder. They're both really good books. With what we've been like getting two ninety and I'm paying a dollar more because he's Batman versus Wonder Woman. Yeah, ba- but Batman's one- been giving you extra pages and John, uh, I think if, you're bringing up If there Batman. is extra pages, then I'm like, oh okay, that's where that extra dollar is. I've always thought that it's like no, it's Batman. You pay a premium because he's Batman. <laughs> like, this, I, I can't say that. I he always wins. You know why he always wins? Because he's gets a dollar more from me. <laughs> you know, that's his superpower. He always wins. But this, no, I, I. This is. But we all agree. I, it's a dick move by Marvel to increase the price. The the, the yeah. I, I the, can if your... it should. The digital copies should be less. Yeah, is is one of my point of views, and I have You're no problem. Off the comic book I have no problem paying two ninety nine for everything that I buy digitally, mm-hmm. but when I'm paying three ninety nine, and the and the print copy costs three ninety nine, and I get the digital copy, I'm getting two for one. The digital copy on its own should just be two ninety nine. I I understand your point, and that's. That's my problem. And the books that I buy from, mm-hmm. um, from digital from DC are two ninety nine. They have a lot, yeah. a lot of two ninety nine books. And paying a little bit more for the for the Batman book, I do not mind because I feel like I'm getting more. You're getting a premium book. You're you're getting more for your buck, and you're getting that art, and you're getting that book. And for the last little bit, you've been getting. Extra to every single one of those issues, and I think I think that's where this digital versus print is really where the focal point is. Is what is the value of this book? Yeah. If I'm getting two for one, yes, three ninety nine makes sense. If I'm just getting it digitally, three ninety nine does not seem the right. Yeah. And especially like. To throw this out there, the latest issue of Thor, God of Thunder, is not um, the the artist that's been on the book. It's really sketchy. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not it's him. Not it's, it's 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 someone else. I think it's an artist that's been on Profit episode uh, issue fourteen or 19? 17, seventeen. I think. Yeah, seventeen um, or eighteen. I, it was double shipped this month. I can't. Uh, but this issue. Is not the same art. It is very sketchy, and it's sketchy though. No, it it it's, it's bad sketchy. I wouldn't say it's bad sketchy. Bill, Bill Sinkevich, but it's not. It's but, yeah. not. It's I like, uh, Sinkevich sketchy. It's, you like sk- sketchy? I don't. Yeah. It's not. I have had no problem paying the three ninety nine for that book. Yeah, but let's keep on talking about what kind of sketch we like. And what kind of sketch we don't know? Let's, let's, let's not talk let's about that. Let's make this a longer episode. This episode is long. Oh, why are you doing this to us? Because I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, so are happened. we giving publishing to DC then? Wait, you, you voted what, Chris? I, I voted against Marvel, which is a vote for DC. I'm I'm going to give it to DC because DC still delivering 299 books with big creative teams and artists yeah. on that. Okay. Yeah. And I mean like the 399 books that you're getting are the 
uh, Scott Snyder and Jim Lee and book. And they're not screwing me by making publishing it. Six, they're just hurrying up and just giving yeah. whoever on art yes. for a book. Yes. And being like, nope, you're getting this book 16 DC. times this year. DC. Yeah. So, yeah, DC. All right. If Paul's drunk, that means we get to take his beer away. He will probably fight us for that. <laughs> this is when Paul goes, <laughs> So we're at two, two rounds or two quarters for Marvel, one for DC. So this is where it breaks us, and it's licensing. The biggest money, we all know, Ooh. for these characters is this, in licensing. And this is, this is, this is a, for 2000. In, for, for 2013. 2013. Don't look ahead and say, yeah. I'm not looking oh, ahead. It's going to be and awesome. This, and this is, this oh, is. Oh, Miracle yeah. Man. That's what I'm no, thinking. No, this yeah. is, this is where no I'm going to. No more 10 minutes of Miracle Man. <laughs> so this go. is, this is my point of view. This is where I'm dropping it. We had two awesome Marvel movies. Iron Man 3 and Thor 2. And Thor 3 is already set for Wave 3. We're gonna... No, I'm just saying that... What did we just say? No, no, this is something that I forgot to bring up for the news. No, I I mentioned it, but yeah. Chris Yost. Craig Kyle and Chris Yost writing Thor 3. Did you mention this? No. No, this wasn't on the actual issue, but it was... We talked about it, like, before. We talked it in the car ride home. (laughs) You you guys talked in the car ride. I was all on my own for this one. Well, we didn't really talk about it. We And then one... One, one DC... Not not so much. It looks exactly the same. One DC movie this year, and really, when it comes down to the licensing, it's going to come down to the movies. Yeah. Well, one you, you from DC. You can say that, but also, over at Marvel, we had... Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. start off. Uh, which you might not think it's the best <laughs> show ever, but... It, Paul, it's really Paul. Yeah, dude. Paul. Do you know that this this week in Sif or Sif, Sif yeah. and Deathlock with for his fortieth anniversary, <laughs> and it fits. It Paul, fits it so fits. much into Paul, this. Have you been watching Agents of Shield? I watched. You know, after I said how much of it have you watched? I watched the next two episodes, and I'm like, wait, this well, is what do you mean the next better. two? I watched the first three. First three. And then we talked about it last time we had a full episode, and I went and watched the next two. And I'm like, oh, it's not getting any better. It just uh, it felt so stuck in itself. I'm like, this doesn't... There's no growth in any of it. It's just kind of And this is meandering. why there's a line okay. here that John and Chris are on this side. Okay, well, I watched the first five episodes, and... I don't know what you would expect... like. The thing, the things that I expect more out of the show are more. Already, are I'm already more, watching Smallville. Well, yeah. What? Of, why are you watching Smallville? Nobody oh, watches Smallville. I know. Agents of Shield. It's not the best show I've ever seen. It's no. not the best Whedon show I've ever seen. But it's, it's good. It's got. It it delivers. And you guys and are the in thing how that, many episodes? How many episodes? I've watched all of them. Okay. I've watched every single one of them. Okay. I'm I'm up I, to date. I, like I, I just I'm, watched the most recent one yesterday. I am chomping at the bit for the next episode. I feel like I'm in a hump right now where I'm like it's good, but it's not great. I like I don't know if I'm going to the, like make time. I don't remember what episode uh, was what. What was the last one you saw? Uh, if you can remember it. No, not okay. right now. I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> Because they're getting into that, like, 
And this was an article I read where the producers of the show were talking about, like, no, we're not doing great in the ratings anymore. Like, mm-hmm. here's what we're going to do. And it's, we're going to focus on those ties to the Marvel Universe. Yeah. We're bringing in Deathlock. We have Lady Sif appearing on the show. Like, she's yeah, going to yeah. be there. In 2014. But in 2013. No, but, and that's the thing. Like, they're acknowledging it. And but, here's the thing. Even, even now, like, you've gotten the... Like the teases at Deathlock uh-huh. appearing. You've gotten those teases and references to the Thor universe when, yeah. like, Dark of the World yeah. came out. Last week, or this week, I, I watched it on World. Hulu, whenever yeah. the episode it came out. It would have been two weeks ago. You had a reference to Bucky Barnes. Uh-huh. Like, though, that's what I want from that show, and that's what and, I'm getting. I don't and, need it being like, here's superheroes flying at you left and right. I don't need superheroes and, either, and, and, I just want... This, More. this, the one thing that I, the one complaint is, I want just little, little breadcrumbs dropped mm-hmm. for the super comic book fan. And to jump to the other side with DC, Warner Brothers, and Arrow, the second season has been literally like buckshot just thrown into your face with little things acknowledging Everything you could possibly think. The room they go into is room 52. The poem that's in the room is uh, Solomon Grandi's poem. Like, they have been l- literally, literally just dropping everything you could to do this. And I have to say, the, and this it's is gonna, Tuesday. this is gonna fall into the Paired 2014 that Green Arrow has been, it's been the best season. Season two has been the best season so far. And with the fact that they're going to be doing the Flash mm-hmm. pilot is going to be doing, they've added characters, they're they're launching that. You're looking forward. I'm looking forward. But here's the thing. This is why we mentioned. We here's the thing. Look. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Net, they, D Marvel announced the Netflix yeah. stuff. And that supersedes the flash like kick the flash in the teeth yeah but that's the marvel stuff is what i'm that is sight unseen those are both sight unseen yeah exactly yeah. Mar- the marvel stuff but those are things face in the flash episode television but series here's the could thing those are announcements no those are announcements that they made that in 2013 that's why i'm we, gonna that's why we John, said we wouldn't talk we can't look because forward those in things, this part we might not even get but those John, we might not get those in 2014 because stuff could happen. It was talked about. It, it's we haven't seen it. They're announcements yeah. to get you excited, and that's my thing. Is like these announcements. That's why is, we said before we got into the yeah. section, don't look forward at all. Just what we got what in we 2013. Right here. I've been to what use you, Paul excuse. No. I'm drunk. But here's the thing: what what what's <laughs> available? What you can sit down. I fold. What you can sit down and watch right now. That's what we're talking yeah. about. And I, what did you enjoy my, more in 2013? Uh, my thing is Marvel. We okay, have mine's Marvel as well. We have Agents of Shield, Thor, Iron Man. Those are the things I think that, and we, uh, cartoons or whatever they have. Well, and that's the thing too. You. That's something you can't watch because they canceled all of the DC cartoons. And not that that's something that we watch. And if, but and, and, and if there's Batman, has that I, even come out yet? Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. That's yeah. But we don't watch that. We don't watch that. And this is our point not until, of not until like we, two years from now when we're like, wow, beware the Batman. Really, even good. even the whatever the other Batman was was 
I mean, none of us watched, and I think it's on... Brave and the Bold was... Brave and the Bold? That was. A, I think I was, watched one episode what of What I that. watched of that was actually... It was, really, it was, good, it was yeah. really good, but that's not... But yeah. That's yeah. not in this. Mm-hmm. And but it is licensing. Mm-hmm. It is licensing, and there are, you know, Beware the Batman did air. That doesn't... For what I'm, a, mm-hmm. I'm adding to this, it doesn't matter to me. I haven't seen it. It doesn't... I, okay. guess it I was, think by weight, what we've had is, yeah, we might have gotten Man of Steel, which we all really enjoyed, mm-hmm. versus two Marvel movies that I we... I just rewatched Man of Steel. It's good. It's good. But we <laughs> had two Marvel movies that were we, also good. Yes. I, yet have then, seen, I have still not seen Thor. Thor uh, I'm going to buy it as soon as it comes out on Blu-ray. Thor's, is it something I should buy on... Uh, if it's 10 bucks more to buy the 3D Blu-ray? No, I'm just buy the, the Blu-ray. I'm not about that. Like, I, well, I, are you guys the first people to ask about the Paul, 3D? Paul, do you like watching 3D? I, I enjoyed watching The Hobbit in 3D. <laughs> Paul, I would say just get the regular. I still haven't just watched buy the so you can watch it. in 3D. Yeah, just buy it so you can watch it. <laughs> just buy the Thor. Don't worry about what... It was for me- five bucks on sale. It was awesome. <laughs> Don't worry about what... Like, oh my god, I'm almost done with this beer. And just buy it to okay. watch it. Um, I, I'm going... It's one of those movies like... I haven't seen it yet, but as soon as it comes out, I'm buying it. Like my mom I'm, is not a superhero fan by any mm-hmm. means at all. Like I've talked to her about watching the Marvel movies, and she's like, "Eh, no." But I think I could sell her on Thor. You guys want to come over and watch Thor? <laughs> yes, I do. Blu-ray? Yeah, sure. I, uh, every movie, every comic book movie you have, but I will watch. I, I think we Thor. We have a total comic book movie night. <laughs> I or think day. Thor could be that gateway It'll because be it's so well done. So long. I like my my father. I I watch movies all the time with my father, and we went to see Thor. He thoroughly enjoyed it. He thoroughly enjoys all of them, but even he is like that. I'm looking forward to Kent Branagh's Cinderella movie, which is. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like yeah. Thor too. Good, liked it. Not waste of my money. Superman, good. Yeah, not wasting my money. Iron Man three, good. Yeah, not a waste of my money. Mm-hmm. Does he watch the uh, Agents of Shield? He watched the first couple. Didn't keep him interested. Yeah. Does he still watch Walking Dead? Yeah, but like it's 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 those right. things that yes, the layman. But it's it's our interpretation of this. Marvel wins two movies, one show. So DC, good. one movie, one show. Both good. If I had to choose between the shows, I probably would watch Arrow over uh, Agency Shield. But I get to watch uh, here, both of them, and I love it. Here's the thing: I didn't have to choose, but I I've been watching Agents of Shield. I haven't watched any of the new season of Arrow. I I have a stronger connection to Agents of Shield. But you didn't finish watching Arrow last season. I, I didn't, but I didn't also have that strong like oh i need to finish arrow as much as i did like oh i want to watch agents of shield i can tell you the last second second season of, of arrow i watched but i still can't tell you Smallville. what was the last stop talking about second 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 season the problem with here, here's the thing shield. second season of arrow is here, way watch, better than the third yeah or first that okay that could be true but i haven't seen it and i'm just thinking like that episode with Agents of Shield. I don't want with, to finish this beer. Don't finish it then. Don't just finish. leave it. You can hang out. It's only ten. That episode oh, with Shepard Book and 
Agent Coulson. Like, yes. yeah. that was that was yes. tough oh, to watch. Yes. Book actually comes out. Okay, yeah. again, that's pretty cool. Uh, like, and I here, felt and bad. Here, like, and even like after that, I'm like, I absolutely do not want to ruin all the awesome stuff that's so, happened in so they Arrow. Actually, explain. Yeah, they explain in yes. what uh, Tahiti. Yes, they do. In the first season, that's good because that's getting dragged out a little long. We well, only watched first five episodes. Fucking like like Ivo, Shadow, Deathstroke, all that stuff is so awesome in Arrow. Like Arrow is the best. It is Ron's the best. In it. it is the best comic book show that is on the air. And I that think... is someone who watches both shows, and one from a major network, and wait, one wait. from a smaller now, network. Now, how about all three? Walking Dead included. Because um, that's a comic book show. You said of all the comic book shows on the air right now. Arrow, Walking Dead, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like, they do that little thing where it just, like, it catches me. Like, they're making supervillains now. And it's not like they're throwing it at you like this guy's gonna be a super villain. It's like it's in that stinger after the closing credits where it's like in the last like this twenty is, seconds. Well, the, in, in Arrow is that oh shit he's got a major villain, and then the next episode they throw and you in. You know he's a major villain because his name is Merlin. No, no, that's right. This is this is a guy that's huge, has an iron mask over his face. Oh, we're out of time. It's two hours and. 28 Oof. minutes. We gotta really wrap things up. Yeah, because just we're, like we're just going around in circles. In, yeah. I'm defending. Like I'm defending DC, and I voted for Marvel. Marvel. It's Marvel wins uh, three out of the four quarters. They got the most field goals. Yes, which is that a thing is a in football. football so, so thank you. very good. Don't jump on me because I know that. I wasn't going to jump on you because we're not in bed together. <laughs> uh, if you uh, disagree with any of our takes on who had the best year of 2013, feel free to contact us via our email address, we contact at bagnabardcast.com. Find us on the Facebook. Put it up there as well. We love hearing from you guys. We love seeing that you've liked us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Bagnabord. And, board. and we really want a response with you guys. We love talking to you guys. Uh Friend of the show, Steve, is someone who's, who liked us on that, was a childhood friend, but is a fan of the show, listens to it, and he's coming to our beer tasting tomorrow. Like, it's going to be great. We love it. We love it. We love you. So make sure you rate and review us over on the iTunes, like us over on Facebook, follow us over on Twitter. We're just bagged and bored. You found the show. You can figure out how we're spelled. We put up pictures of what we're drinking or what we're doing every week over on Instagram, just hashtag Bagnaboard. Facebook, the pictures are there, too. Cause Wait, I it's an Instagram, it. not a Tumblr? Well, we have a Tumblr, but I haven't done anything about uh, it. Yeah. But the what's the difference between... I don't even... The, yeah, we, we'll talk about this off-show. All right. But, hey, we're everywhere. Just look for us. And then email us at contact at bagnaboardcast.com. B-O-R-E-D. <laughs> Here's what I love, because we keep getting stuff for the other bag and board, which isn't anywhere near as good as us, but we're so more catering to what those people like. Yeah, that's what happens. Fuck you. We win.